Hello, beautiful people. It is Winter Wednesday, October 19th, 2022, and this sports show begins right about now. Football! His glorious football is the topic of conversation, and football, not just on the field, brings the drama and the controversy and the hilarity. No, no, no. Football off the field also brings all of those things. There's a lot of quotes and bullshit coming out of the NFL's owners' meetings in New York today. We will talk with Ian Rappaport about that in about 18 minutes or so. He's live on location. Jim Mercer came out swinging, cutting a promo against Dan Snyder. There's merit to get that guy the fuck out of the out of the league, brother. And then Dan Snyder's commanders people come out with a spokesperson comment that says, it's unfortunate Jim did what he did. Jerry Jones allegedly told Rob Kraft, don't fuck with me, Bob. No. There is tension at the owners' meetings. We'll talk to Ian Rappaport, who was there about that in about 17 minutes. Ninja, the Fortnite uh, professional video game player. Guru. Wow. He'll be joining us about an hour. Here we go. Ninja. This is a big day. We're dabbling into a new community. We're dabbling into a new conversation. Everybody knows that I'm a noted video game player. Big time. I know how to use these thumbs better than anybody else. Mm -hmm. I could become a professional whatever player if I wanted to because of how talented I am on video games. Grew up playing it since I was a little kid. Played video games all damn day. It was amazing that I even learned how to kick things or do anything else with how many video games I played. So I can't wait to talk to Ninja. That should be absolutely fantastic. Adam Thielen will be joining us in the third hour. Mm -hmm. Fresh off a big tub this past weekend in Miami where his sideline was 120 degrees down in South Florida. Speaking of South Florida, somebody's joining us from there, a man who hosts everything DB, man-to-man podcasts and NFL matchups on ESPN, ESPN Plus, and ESPN2. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Hey, Good to be here. How you doing, D-Butt? I'm good, man. Good. Good at the mic for yeah. me. Yeah, you sound really yeah, good. Uh, sound, man. Look, I got chilly up here quick. Yeah. yeah. Quick. It's well, only getting worse, but. No, no. no. Weekend. On the contrary. It's supposed to be like 60 this weekend. Okay. Then yeah. it's going to get oh, much yeah. worse. Yeah. It's great to have you up here. We're going into week seven. You have a very busy schedule this season. How do you feel? How's the body holding up? Feel good, man. Feel good. I haven't had many hiccups travel-wise, which is great. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why sure. would you say that? Yeah. What's that? I don't, uh, I don't think I'm going to jinx it or something. I don't believe in that shit. Put these on. Who'll be yeah, good? good ah, I'll be good. I don't like to play with you know stuff like that. Right. Smart. Well, well yeah, think smart. about it. Well, then you believe in that, but you don't believe in I that. Was there. What, what happened, Tony? You got well, I had to grab it. I had to grab wake it. Because wake up I, with K. Yeah, I had to manifest this morning on uh, Good Morning K. Adams. Oh, yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had to do that on FanDuel TV. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to manifest a wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. And we'll talk to you about everything yep. going on in the NFL. We're proud of you, though, buddy. D Butts here on Wednesday and Thursday. Then he flies to Philly to do NFL films, NFL matchup. Then he's back in South Florida doing man to man podcasts. Then he's putting that on repeat for 18 yeah. weeks. We appreciate the hell out of you. <laughs> and if you ever get tired, let us know. Ladies and gentlemen, the Toxic Table is here. There was a lady named Jamie James in Knoxville who said that the Toxic Table runs the show at Boston. And Connor at Ty Schmidt. I find that to be an accurate statement. Let's start with you, Connor, running the show. Bob Kraft about to get fucking knocked out by Jerry Jones, pal? Well, I don't know about that. I'd probably throw an eye in the runs, Pat, and make it ruins. But I would say more so that if Bob Kraft is in the you know majority, which it seems is being reported here, Jerry Jones is not just sending a message to Rob Kraft. He's sending a message to everybody. Hey, you want to fuck with me? I'll tear all you down. And Dan Snyder had his own statement to say, but I assume Jerry's got some dirt on every single owner as well. I don't know if this has anything to do with dirt, okay? I don't mm-hmm. know if Jerry is that type of woman. Maybe he mm-hmm. is. No. I do think that right now at these owners' meetings, 
This is spectacular. Yeah, yeah. pissing contest. For everybody <laughs> that doesn't know, these owners' meetings happen obviously every single year. They, for a long time, weren't really talked about much because the only people that knew about them were the reporters, and the only people we learned anything about were from the reporters. So the reporters were so used to these meetings happening that if nothing really changed, it wasn't really worthy of being reported. But now that we're in the world where we're covering everything happening in the biggest league on earth, it's hard not to get excited about these NFL league meetings. Yeah. It's hard not to be like, well, they could change this. They could change this. The public now has the ability to pressure owners into doing things and making the league better because the league is now owned by everybody a lot more than it was in the past. In the past, it was the owners, media people that were able to dictate what was known, what wasn't known about the league. Now, I mean, you got a dumb show in fucking Indianapolis here mm -hmm. where we're able to read around the internet with insiders and everybody's trying to get an edge on their competition so they're trying to leak information that nobody else has. It's like we're in a time now where if these league meetings can become publicly pressured into being awesome, <laughs> let's fucking enjoy the hell mm -hmm. out of these. Because Jim Irsay starts this whole thing off. Before these meetings even start, before they've <laughs> even had a time to chat, he has his fucking tailored suit on. Mm -hmm. Clean. Some sort of clean sweatpants. Yeah. Yep. And then... <laughs> And then just some very comfortable shoes. Great fit. That is the Jim Irsay at 63, 62 years old outfit every day. It is awesome. He's in Indy. I think nationally, for a long time, people didn't know a lot about Jim Mercy other than all of his demons. Right. Mm -hmm. You've heard all the terrible stories about Jim Mercy. You never heard any good stories about Jim Mercy. Jim Mercy is a fucking hilarious human being. Just his existence is a movie. Obviously, if you're an NFL owner, you probably have seen and done some incredible shit, but his dad was an NFL owner, an NFL owner that's notorious for just being a bit of a wild card. He picked up in the middle of the night and said, I'm fucking <laughs> out of here. Jim lived through all that, became a general manager whenever he was in the 30s, became a Powerlifter while he was a general manager in the NFL, friends with like McCartney and Lennon and all these people. He's obviously done his demons and had his demons that he fights, I think, to this day, has grown a family and has grown a team out here in Indianapolis that people expect to be good every single year. No matter what your thoughts were on Jim Mersey, you need to know that Jim Mersey is a hilarious human being. And he is somebody I think who has a good heart, has had gotten gone through some shit, but I think he has a good heart. You'll see him giving a hundred dollars out to literally every human. And he sees. I think he understands that he's very fortunate. So whenever he goes out and cuts a promo, brother, fucking Snyder's the worst. <laughs> brother, we can vote. There's merit. Yeah, fuck yeah, there's merit. We can vote him out of there. Hell yeah. Only need 24. Is there 24? I think I so. I think there is, yeah. And then he just walks into the meeting or whatever. Nationally, the first thing to do is like, oh, Jim Irsay is the guy that's doing this. It's like, I think this is a very Jim Irsay trait to do. We've had him on the show. He was sitting on a big fucking throne, and he said in those one-per-club meetings, when owners are talking to other owners, he said, that's when you really got to say your shit. What are they going to do, pull out a gun and shoot me? He said, no, <laughs> they're not going to do that. Jim has been in the NFL a long time. He's been an owner in the NFL for a long time. Yeah. And if he feels like Dan Snyder doing what Dan Snyder has been doing, which is just like fucking... The league has to deal with Dan Snyder's fuck-ups so much. Mm -hmm. The league is a rocket ship. The league is going like this, and it seems like there's always just this one cloud kind of hanging mm -hmm. over the rocket ship as it's taken off, and it's something that Dan Snyder's done, his building has done, or his fucking stadium has done. Or maybe even Dan Snyder Ponzi scheming money away from the other owner. So Jim Mersey finally got to the point where it seems like he's like... Yeah, fuck this guy. Let's get him mm -hmm. out of We got the Waltons in here. They can fuck $100 billion. Let's get another one of these yeah. fucking owners in here that have a lot of money. This guy stinks. And uh, 
Jim's going to get dragged by this. For sure. By some people. Yep. Uh, there's some people that are putting him over for it. There's a lot of people digging into his past, which I think is why Jim Mercer doesn't really give a fuck. Jim's like, if this guy's got dirt on fuck. people, he can investigate me till the cows come home. Motherfuckers know everything about me. Mm-hmm. Ask people what their thoughts on me. They're going to say all oh, the terrible things. Snyder, I'm in the same position you are. I just don't run a terrible, toxic building. I just so happen to do some fucking shit that I shouldn't have done when they're, you know, battling demons in the past. So... I fucking love it. We'll talk to Ian Rapport in 10 minutes. This is not normal, though. No. This is not what owners have done in the past at all. Tone Diggs is here, one half of the hammer. Cowboys can't wait to dive into the gombling, especially with this Thursday night game coming up, plus Mm -hmm. two and a half for the Saints traveling to D-Hop's first game in Arizona. Darius, the NFL is the reason. The NFL is the NFL because they have been such a tight group of business people together. Even though there's been things that could divide them, and even though there's been times where teams have beat other teams or maybe cheated other teams and fucked over some people, it felt like as a business they were always together. This league meeting on Tuesday and Wednesday in the middle of October might be the change of all of that. They're talking shit on everybody. Information's getting leaked out through Seth Wickersham and somebody else I never heard of on ESPN. <laughs> it is. This is not normal at all, Darius, and I don't know what this means, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, at all. Like, like you said earlier, like usually they have these meetings. We don't really hear. We don't hear much that comes out of them. And for business reasons, reasons these guys got to stay thick as thieves all the time. But now you're starting to see the fracture. You've seen it publicly. You know, we don't see these billionaires talk much about anything outside of football outside of their uh their business so it's uh definitely interesting to see it's always a in 2017 i actually had an opportunity to sit down with about 13 of these owners you know the majority owners because of what was going on you know politically and the president at the time so it was about 13 14 players and about 13 14 owners and it was interesting just to hear them talk and then they had their own league meeting right after with each other so um these dudes are different, man, and uh, it's interesting to see the Jerry Jones craft thing come out, the Snyder thing, yeah. uh, and obviously Snyder's been surviving, like you said, like a cro- cockroach, but uh, his time might be up. I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Think because- still going to Huh? Think he, stay- think he survived? I don't know. I honestly have no idea because Roger Goodell, he came out and said that he's not mad at Jim Mercy for saying what he's saying, which was an interesting question because Jim Mercy hires Goodell. Yeah, exactly. So, like, anytime they, th- anytime they ask Goodell about owners and Goodell bows down, they're always like, well, he's, you know, he's okay with whatever. It's like, yeah, he <laughs> yeah. fucking works for them. Yes. Like, in our eyes, Goodell is the boss of the NFL. He's not. not true. He is the shield for everybody else that is actually running it, which is the owner. So I'm always intrigued by the reaction of what Goodell says about ownership. Goodell works for the owners. He's done a fantastic job, I think, being a commissioner of the NFL because everybody thinks that Goodell runs the NFL and everything that bad happens, everybody blames Roger Goodell, which is exactly his job. I guess over the last two years or three years, he's gotten $120 million in bonuses and pays. Mm -hmm. In the last two years, he's been paid $120 million due to escalators and bonuses. They just did a $110 billion media rights deal last year. The Europe thing is growing quickly, it Mm -hmm. seems like. I, uh, that's why Jerry Jones told Kraft not to fuck with me. And I guess the compensation committee runs what Roger Goodell is making each year. And that got leaked publicly like five, seven years ago. He got $40 million a year. And everybody's like, Roger Goodell is making $40 million mm-hmm. a year? And it's like, well, the team is, the teams are making fucking yeah. – Way more. A lot yeah, of yeah, money. Yeah. One home. The commissioner's probably going to get paid pretty well. But I guess they wanted uh, – Jerry Jones wanted his escalators and bonuses. God bless your soul. Uh, Ty just had a great sneeze off, you, off the microphone there. Right in my fucking lap. It was. Yeah. Right, while you're opening your water. You'll be all right, Tom. Dude, cradles. I'm not a fucking barn animal. Come on. Batman. It, I did see a good cradle, but that thing was so powerful it might have. Yeah, that's, that's true. I don't know. Is that thing uh, – 
waterproof that hoodie you got on right there yeah it is meant to be worn oh, right oh, so that boom one right Always up there right go ahead and chug it hey cheers to your god bless soul yeah there you yeah, go there you go you're gonna need it Jeez Louise. Anyways, Jerry Jones was pissed off at the compensation <laughs> committee for not accurately detailing out what the escalators or bonuses should be in Roger Goodell's contract, which, if that is what is true, because we can't believe anything that comes out of this, because in the one-per-club meetings and in these conversations, the people that would have to leak information are at the very top. Are they leaking information? Maybe. Have they in the past? No, not really. It's been very, very tight. So the fact that we're even getting this information is interesting to me. Uh, yeah. We'll be talking to Rapport in like five minutes. Who but was that reporter? Allegedly, Jerry Jones thought that Roger Goodell's contract needs to be a little bit more detailed mm-hmm. on his bonuses. He made $120 million over the last two years, and Robert Kraft said, he's growing the game, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Everybody hates him. Yeah. You know I mean? My fucking team was <laughs> cheating. They yeah. fucking hate Goodell. Exactly. They don't even, what are we even doing? We'll pay him whatever he wants. And Jerry, don't fuck with me. Bob. <laughs> Where's uh, Seth from? Seth Wick is ESPN. And the other buddy, uh, Von Nata or something? Don Van Nata Jr. Van Nata, he's also from ESPN. He got some information about the commander situation with Jim Mersey and Snyder and everything like that. Mm. So, I mean, there's leaks, more leaks now than there's ever been. Yep. And hopefully Ian Rappaport, who's there, will understand that there's leaks and mm-hmm. let us know that he's allowed to tell us information because I think it's going to be sitting in the chamber for Ian and we're going to need him to go ahead and unload that thing. Jim doesn't do what he did yesterday uh, without support from... A lot more owners, correct? Jim feels comfortable. Yeah. 24? Jim feels comfortable. Possibly. I mean, I'm on an email chain with, guess what, 26. Yeah. So, <laughs> I also wouldn't be surprised if Jim just... Fuck it. Just, did. just walked in there and yeah. fuck don't it. Care. <laughs> I mean, don't you think part of it, too, is like it kind of got swept under the rug, but you mentioned it. Like, yeah, all the other stuff he's doing, these owners don't like because it kind of, you know, gives the NFL a bad image. But if we know anything about billionaires, like... You start fucking with their money and like being kind of weird about that kind of stuff. Like these guys aren't just forgetting that. Like they're that, that shit is not might get swept under the rug by like the media and everything. But like everyone in that room, they are not forgetting that in any way, shape, or form. And what we're referring to is the report. We don't know if it's been right. Legit, alleged alleged mm-hmm. report where he was lying. His he ran two different books. He ran. One book, this is Snyder and the Commanders, ran one book, accounting, money, book, is what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. for his company, for him to report to the fucking government, mm-hmm. and then he ran one book to report to his NFL partners, and then he was moving ticket money that was made off of other games that were in Commanders Field, strictly to the Washington Commanders team, not to the other owners, which I guess would have to already been in a deal, that's why he's running a completely different book than what he actually is, and the only people that are victim in that are the other owners, those are billionaires. Who gives a fuck is probably what everybody in the media is saying. Yeah. But all the owners, to Ty's point, point. are going, <laughs> hmm, hold on. You're taking from me. This motherfucker. This motherfucker. The guy who has poop pipes bursting in his stadium <laughs> in 2022. Right. Uh-huh. The guy who's got expose after expose after expose because he can't run a goddamn fucking company. This creep is stealing from me. Fuck this guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is potentially what Jim Irsay is alluding to in the conversations he's had with other owners. But there, it, to Darius's point, maybe Jim does just hit his vape. <sighs> Fuck it, brother. <laughs> and goes in yeah. there. Or, you know, Jim, who's been a very cerebral businessman, which we do talk about on this show, will never get talked about because Jim is a musician. Mm-hmm. Eccentric. Eccentric. Sure, of course. This Funny and charming. Yeah. 
I don't know. I get it. <laughs> he, uh, he's been in the NFL for a long time. Yeah. 30 years he's been in the NFL doing business in the NFL. The guy's a good businessman too. So he, I don't know if he would come out and just say fuck it and say this or if he was prepared, but it would be interesting if Jim Mercer is the one that gets Daniel Snyder out of ownership for the Commanders because sources have told me from the Commanders fan base okay. that they would be very thankful for Jim Mercer. Oh. There were some Commanders fans uh, that have told me there's my Commanders source. Okay. Says, told me that they would buy season tickets at Lucas Oil as a thank you to Jim Irsay okay. if he was able to make this happen. Hey. Never go into a game, probably sell the tickets, which would be good business, mm-hmm. but would want to sure. support Jim Irsay because he got Daniel Snyder out of ownership for the commanders. It is like that with the fans, and I think if it grows like that with all the owners, are we looking at a guy being kicked out of the fucking NFL in the next couple of days, Connor? Is that yeah. what you're thinking? Is that what we're thinking right now? 100%. And it feels like the new owners that have come into the league have kind of been uh, successful. Like in Denver, Tepper. Like, obviously, it's a whole new batch of money, and they have a ton of it. So I also expect maybe Carolina and Denver to maybe even redo their stadiums, kind of have that Patriots place, Jerry World type five, which the NFL loves. And obviously, Tepper started to, but then instead of because the city didn't uphold their end of the bargain, he said, fuck it, we're bankrupt then, which is awesome. <laughs> which is what that, awesome in a way. In a way. In a, the, the awesome is the fact that he did that. He is, a, uh, yes. Like, it's awesome that he, that he was yes. able to get to, in his mind, yeah, brand new city. I got their team. I'm fucking going to be a staple of this state for hopefully forever. Generations. I'm a new business person. I need to let them know, fuck it, you, you're not going to hold up your end of the bargain? I'll fucking file bankruptcy on this motherfucker mm-hmm. right here. And you guys are going to have to pay for that. Actually, everybody that worked isn't getting paid. That's Jeez. an interesting thing. That's Stuff. an interesting to do as a billion. And when we say it's awesome, it's like, just think about like making that decision. Being just able to do that. Think about who you are to make that decision. I would never be able to do that. Yeah. And the uh, city would know that if I was an owner. And they'd probably take advantage of me and probably do this entire thing. But I would finish it because I think it would be the right thing to do for the business and for the team and for the good of everything. And if you zoom out, the better the team, the better everything, the more money for everybody. But I guess in the moment, you want to prove a point to yourself. So like, I think the new money, the new mindset coming in, I think is not great news for some of the old yes. Dan Snyders of the mm-hmm. NFL that could potentially get run the fuck out. Has this well, happened I, before in the NFL? I know NBA no. has happened to Kobe Sterling and Sarver, but has this happened in the NFL? Anybody yes. been voted out? Yeah. Oh, the Panthers. Panthers yeah, Jerry Richardson. Oh, shit. Or, or he, did he resign? Or he was, either think, way, he was. I think yeah, they gave yeah, him an yeah. ultimatum. Yeah. I think oh, it was either you sell the team or we're going to fucking yeah. take it, was it work, from you. It was workplace shit. A lot yeah. less, I feel like. Than what Snyder. Joining us now is a man who has boots on the ground at the owners' meetings. A man who is probably just as baffled, but also very excited about all the leaks coming out of these owners' meetings, in which yeah. I feel like we never get to hear. He might have known him for years. He never told us. Ladies and gentlemen, senior NFL insider for the league, the network, and also the host of the weekly wrap up of Rap Sheet and Friends, us being the friends, he being Rap Sheet. That, this is not an episode of that. Nope. No. This is just a conversation. That's Midweek yeah. rap with Ian Rappaport. Hell yeah! You're not there. Uh, what the hell? What the hell? You're, You're in the same place you've been. <laughs> uh, I was there, and now I'm back. What? Short train ride? One day owners meeting. I went in, I stayed the night, I went to a hotel bar at the what? hotel we stayed at. They didn't have a TV. Course, I watched the really good Chargers. Broncos game on my phone, which is a thing people do now. And then I went to the owners' meeting, then I came home. What hotel are you at that doesn't have 
a TV in the bar. This is some real high end shit. Where, where I would hate to call I would hate to call it out, but it was the Conrad way downtown. Um, it was. I mean, look. I'm not saying that anyone needs to do anything for me, but let's just say you had a hotel full of people who were there for an NFL owners meeting, and they might want to watch a football game in the bar. Maybe like one, just one TV in the back, you know, would be great. Um, but there was no TV, so it was me and then a couple of my colleagues. You didn't miss a lot. showed up at the end because his flight got stuck, and we're just watching on our phone. Well, right. you missed Al Michaels being a little snarky about the quality of the games. You missed Kirk Herbstreit doing his thing. No, I'm sorry, Monday night. No, yeah. not Al Michaels. Jesus Christ. You actually missed oh. uh, it was quite a snoozer on Monday. Yeah, the fourth cool. quarter got good, though. They were pretty snarky, too. For, yeah, they got yeah. Joe and Troy hey, doing you, their thing. Hey, you must have liked overtime. A lot of punts. Well, it was a special teams one game. You know, J.K. Scott puts a ball all the way up to the fucking roof of SoFi. It hits off Cuzzy's chest because old buddy gets dumped on his face. And then all of a sudden, Dustin Hopkins with a torn hamstring. Torn hamstring, Ian. It's a shame you weren't able to see it on a bigger screen Mm -hmm. because you're at the NFL Meetings Hotel in Conrad way downtown. And they have no televisions in the entire fucking place. It is, what are you doing, Conrad, way downtown? Dustin Hopkins made a game winner with a hamstring ripped in half. Couldn't even stand on it. They had to carry him off the field, not not just because he was the hero, but because the motherfucker couldn't walk. Mm-hmm. And that that yeah. is that happened late though. There was a good three quarters you know, though that you could have missed. So I talked to Charger sources yesterday. Unsung hero of that game, J.K. Scott, kicking off, which he mm-hmm. had never done, uh, as far as I know, in an NFL game. I don't think he had, while Hopkins was nursing the hamstring injury, I think kicked two. Into the end zone, right? If yeah, I remember correctly. he hit like a 10-yard deep touchback. I was very impressed with. Yeah. And that, that is open for a conversation here that not every punter can kick. The kicking a ball out of the air is a much different string than having the swing to get the ball off the ground. And some punters are like wide receivers, and then they get into punting because they have long legs and a strong leg, and you can learn the punting thing. So they never really played soccer growing up. And some people um, cannot kick a ball off the ground. if they do, you know, That is something that happens. I've seen some punters, like very athletic guys, guys that can run, everything like that, punt the ball fucking forever. And then a ball on the ground, they try to kick it. That fucker ain't getting off the ground. It's like, mm-hmm. you are not an athlete. Wow. I, did not, I didn't know you weren't athletic at all. It's like, oh, fuck you. You want to race? Like, no, 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 no. No, no. Let's just keep this. Let's keep this to this. Nonetheless, congrats to the Chargers, J.K. Scott, Dustin Hopkins. Yo, J.K. Uh, let's dive into what we're talking to you about, the thing that you were at yesterday. This, for us, seems abnormal. Jim Irsay cuts a promo before going into the meetings about there being merit to vote Dan Snyder out of the ownership of the NFL. Then he was asked, is there 24 people? And he says, possibly there is 24 people. So you'd assume uh, that he, he said, I think there potentially will be. So that means he is at least chatted with some other people. Was he speaking for a group, you think, when he cut this promo in public? Is this normal? And what do you think comes from this, Ian Rappaport? Uh, it was surreal. I mean, it was really well, surreal. Guys, so basically what happens is, is you know, all the media is kind of standing there and uh, an owner walks up and you say, oh, you know, will you talk? And <laughs> most don't. And he walked right up to the cameras and someone asked, honestly, kind of a dumb question first. But one, and once he got into the Snyder stuff, it was a couple of things were very clear. One, he planned to do this. Mm. Like this was his plan. He came out to talk to reporters and said everything he said. And, like, I'm listening and I'm catching eyes from other reporters, from league officials, from some of his employees who are standing next to him. And everyone's kind of going Come like on, this. Yeah. Like, 
Like, are you are you hearing this? It was like when I said bombshell in my tweet, like that is what it felt like. Like it was real. And I was like, because, you know, if Dan Snyder is going to get voted out, which we can get into that and there's a lot there and we'll see. But it starts like this. It starts with one owner putting his name on it, saying what probably a lot of other owners need to, you know, think needs to be said and letting it just stand. And I believe that there are several others who think that. I know there's a lot of people who wish he was not the owner. Getting 24 votes is a little different, but this was pretty real yesterday. Okay, so it sounds like when Jim Mercer walked in here, he had full plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because you guys are at this every single one when you're walking into the meeting, there's always reporters outside asking, hey, do you want to talk? Every single one. So, yeah. J- so Jim's in the car probably over there. He's going, I'm going to go talk to them today, brother. Right away. You know, he's going, oh, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and then whoever was with him, it sounds like Pete Ward, president of the, uh, yeah, of the Colts, Ward was there. Him, yeah. We don't know if Gorman was there. Maybe yeah. Gorman's there or not. We don't know. And he walks right to you guys and he goes, excuse me, let's do a little thing. Listen up. Bad question. Then he gets right into it. So this is how long you think Jim Irsay has been sitting on this and how long do you think owners have been thinking about voting Daniel Snyder out? Because we have brought this up in conversation around other league owner meetings where we're like, Hey, they can vote him out. They have, you know, threatened to do that in the past. We have learned of that rule. How long has this been brewing? You think, and how close do you think we are? It has been brewing for a while. And, you know, I know, the fact that 24 owners could vote another owner out has been a rule, but many people did not know it until Roger Goodell answered a question and essentially brought it up and confirmed it at the Super Bowl press conference. So I think when Goodell says it, that basically puts it into the world and everyone sort of realizes and knows that this is a possibility. You know, there, there has been some angst and frustration about Dan Snyder among other owners for some time, not movement to vote him out, just frustration and Ursay hit on I think maybe the most like merit sort of interesting and under the radar thing owners are pissed off that people think that they're all like that okay. that they're all like Dan Snyder you know what I mean mm-hmm. like he, he doesn't want the public to think that everyone is like that guy and I think that motivation might not be like all of it but Probably some of it. You know, it's like if a player oh, and does something bad, other players are like, well, we're not all like this guy. Like, there's some of that. Yeah, I mean, negativity hogs the headlines with everything. And when there's only a select crew of that 31 or whatever owners, you could see how if you're going to bat for one person that is obviously going through it, you could be lumped into that type of picture. And Jim has battled his own demons. I don't think he's ever been scared to talk about that. He's actually creating a foundation to help other stuff. I mean, it is. Jim feels like the right guy to do this type of thing. I'll be eagerly watching like the rest of the world. Commanders fans hoping this takes place as well. When would would we know about 24? Would they not be able to vote? When would the next time come? Uh, so the next league meeting is in December in Dallas. Let's write that down. That seems uh, in fast. Jerry's world. Oh. December. December. Ooh, December. The drama. Um, <laughs> act, but, but actually, yes. Um, so that's the next one. And then there's a big one in March. Ursay brought up the possibility of like, you know, every, once he says something, everyone's like, oh, we have 65 questions about everything you just said. Um, he said March was a possibility. There's, Many investigations into Dan Snyder. Uh, the one from Mary Jo White, which the league is conducting, that really needs to finish and reveal its findings, which are going to be made public. That needs to happen, I think, before any vote would happen. 
But here's the other thing. Well, that's what the commander's so, spokesperson said via Tom Pelissero. They said once Mr. Ursay sees all of the facts from yeah. the investigation that Mary's doing into the commanders, he will no longer believe the things that are being said publicly in a slanderous fashion, basically, is what the commanders came out and said after Jim Ursay cut the promo about kicking Dan Snyder out. The commanders, not Dan Snyder, the commander's spokesperson said once they see the investigation, they'll realize how far we've come and everything like that. And we... Whatever the case, that's what the commander said. Dan Snyder, after Jim Irsay said this, wrote an email to every other owner that he typed up himself, not all of his sure. lawyers, which is all the shit that we've seen in the past from Dan Snyder, where basically he just says, like, hey, I won't be an owner, guys. Mm-hmm. Hope all is well. Good luck to your family. It's pretty much. So there has been reaction and responses, but you're, please go on with what you were saying there about March, it all taking place. Um, well, first of all, those were two very separate tones. You had the sort of like political hatchet style attack from the spokesman. And then the letter for a new spokesman that he just hired like a couple weeks ago. And then the letter from Dan Snyder, which is like very conciliatory. Hey, "Hey, other owners, just so you know, I haven't spied on you. Um, (laughs) You know, stuff like that. And I, you know, I sort of, I don't know, as I said on TV yesterday, like, I don't know which is which. They're both from sort of the same person. So, like, I no, guess. No, no, no. One's from the spokesperson. That's yeah, right. team three, remember? Yeah, exactly. Come on, Raps, not three. That's the spokesperson, not the commander. So we're thinking maybe March. Okay, that's in Dallas, or December's in Dallas, you just said. Dallas right. now in the center of some controversy here for the owners' meetings because Jerry Jones told Robert Kraft, don't fuck with me, Whoa. Bob, in the middle of a conversation about Roger Goodell's compensation. Now, Roger Goodell, your boss on NFL Network. Jerry Jones, Roger Goodell's boss in the actual NFL. Jerry Jones wanted more details to be put into his uh, accelerators and bonuses contract, Roger Goodell's, and Rob Kraft in the compensation committee said, shut the fuck up, Jerry. Is that what happened, and how did this information get out? Uh, Well, first of all, it gets out because there is obviously an owner who speaks to reporters, and, you know, generally there are some details of these meetings that get out. Which owner? Which owner owner is that? Which owner is that? Um, I'm not sure. Come Um, on. You know, everyone... Everyone, I, I do have an idea, but I'm not going to say. Mark Everyone, Davis. Uh, no, 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 Let's, no. You should. Hey. Don't you think? This is a big piece of information. It's an actual owner, though, you think? It's an actual owner that is leaking this? Not I, I don't know for sure. Pillow talk of an o- owner? The, the only people in the room are the owners. Like, this was a privileged session, so everyone else is kind of like, they, they get bounced. Um, so they just have this meeting among owners and you know, it was, interesting. So is it real? Yeah. Is it real? Have you confirmed that this is real? Cause that, that's our first uh, thought. As soon as we hear something like this, we're like, well, it's only owners leaking it. And although Jim Irsay is cutting promos on Dan Snyder, that's not a normal thing for shit to get out from the one per club meeting, especially something petty, like don't fuck with me, Bob from Jerry Jones. When he gets voted 31 to one against him being the only one, it's not normal for this to come out. So should we believe it? Have you confirmed it? And, um, go ahead. I have not confirmed it. Um, okay. I don't. I, I. I'm not saying I doubt the reporting. I just That's have bullshit. not independently confirmed it. You know, there has been some arguments over Roger Goodell's compensation in the past, and then in the end, he got the contract that he got and deserves, and and all that. I mean, it's you know, it was 31 to yeah. one. So like, I'm not sure how. It's a good headline, and there's a curse word on the family <laughs> app that we all use. So I'm not sure how yeah. I feel about that. Um, I don't like it. But, you know, other than that, I mean, I think it's 31 to 1. That seems pretty – that seems like it's probably going to get the compensation that he 
similar to what he got last time and that other owners believe in. But it's a spicy headline, so I get it. Yeah, but how's this getting out? Because now it's I can't help but ask the question, like, oh, Roger Goodell and Jerry Jones don't like each other. I thought those two liked each other. Jerry Jones one of the most powerful people in the NFL. The commissioner he doesn't get mm-hmm. along with. And that this comes after the Papa John Schnatter report uh-huh. right. that Jerry Jones and Daniel Snyder and he were on a, uh, a call mm-hmm. together, and Jerry said, hey, Papa, hey, Papa, which is, might be where the commercial started. We need you to use your power as the number one sponsor of the NFL to get Roger Goodell the fuck out of the league. So is there just continuing tension here between Jerry and Roger? And why do we know any of this, you think? What is the deal? They're trying to People are trying to out other people, make other people look bad? What do you think? I mean, I would say the reason we know this is because generally people ask. And it's a gossip world. I basically spend much of my time doing this the same exact thing, not generally reporting on owners. Yeah. Like you work this, for E of the NFL. Yep. I mean, yeah, people like, people like to know what's going on inside the locker room. That's what I, I try to bring the people what they want and the know? bars. What? I mostly inside the yeah, bars. I mean, cooking shows also that, but Jerry um, and Raj the, don't get along. Is this just common I knowledge? I don't, but they work together. No, because they work together on plenty of things. I think what it sounded like to me, just reading the tea leaves on this kind of, on this report is Jerry wants more specific benchmarks, financial benchmarks that Roger Goodell would have to meet. In other words, earn the salary that he's got. Now, there's other parts to this. There's the fact that there's hundreds and billions of dollars of TV deals locked up. There's getting the NFL through the pandemic. There's, you know, streaming, uh, like first ever, you know, huge streaming game. uh, You know, every Thursday. There's a lot of things that I think Roger Goodell probably has done well. So I think... Jerry Jones seems to be on one side of the Roger Goodell angst and most of the other owners, I think, are on the other side. But they work together on things, too. So the problem with all of this, as we know from what Jerry Jones says on the radio, like when he said three weeks ago that Dak could play this week and he hasn't, wasn't close to yeah, playing. Yeah, but Cooper like, was good. Cooper's Jerry Jones three picks. Sure. He's cleared. That's right. So it's interesting. Sometimes Jerry says things. Okay, got it. Jerry's a little fiery. People think he gets a little bit emotional. Now, I think he's been an incredible businessman. The NFL has always heralded him as one of the best businessmen that they have. The he's a leader yeah. on everything. And then to hear like him and the commission potentially at odds, interesting. Now, if it is about the competition and the details in the contract for him to earn $120 million over two years, let alone what he's going to earn going forward with new streaming platforms getting into the game, hmm. Ian Rappaport and sports gambling being what it's being, I don't think I've ever done a negotiation that's big that where it hasn't been a very detailed escalator in the negotiation. So whenever I heard that Jerry wanted more details in there and Robert Kraft in the compensation committee, he's like, did he grow the game? He grew the game. Fuck it. I wish they would give those contracts to everybody else. Like I wish <laughs> yeah, players could shit. get those. Oh, the team looked better. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. What does that mean? Let's get those types of contracts. All right, well, causes the salary contracts. cap has gone up a lot. And it's going to go up even more in part because of the money that's being brought in from these TV deals. I mean, the salary cap is it's only going up. So oh, players yeah. players get up more than half of that. So they benefit as well. Yeah. I, okay. Uh, more I, than that half. is nothing. <laughs> we I mean, get it. Not we, the billions that the owners get. I'm just saying the growing the game helps the players uh, a ag- lot as well. Agreed. But that's a hilarious thing if that is what is the clause in Roger Goodell's contract for like a $30 million bonus is that – did you wake up and grow the game today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Okay. All right, well, here's 30. There you go. <laughs> like, yeah. that is, Jerry potentially has some grounds to say, like, 
if we're going to fucking give this guy $60 million a year, we should at least have like pretty detailed and do it. We, once again, we don't know if any of that information is real because the only people that are in there are people that don't normally just want to spill the bad drama within their own business because it'd be bad for business. But it sounds like these league meetings are only going to get better and better going forward. I can't wait for December. Yep. Yeah. In Dallas. In That's Dallas. Right. Do the show live. Let's go. You think they'd let Dallas, us? Come they, on. they wouldn't let us down there, would they? I mean, you'd probably have to put on a shirt with sleeves, but maybe. No, I nice. do that these days. Not in the Champions Club. Oh, down in Dallas. We got friends down in Dallas. Uh-huh. Love go. Dallas. We're out there. Jerry is a friend in Dallas. I don't know if Jerry wants us down there. <laughs> Anyways, Ty, your question. Maybe we do go down there. Yeah. It's one day in and out. This guy yeah. couldn't even get really that drunk at the thing. True. Wow. He tried. No, that's not true. He did. He went right uh-huh. to the bar. He got checked in the hotel. Right to, to the, the bar. bar. Found <laughs> out there's no TVs. Had to watch it on my phone, do the whole thing. Acting like there's not a bar every other goddamn building, and he couldn't just go right down the street to, to watch the game. Well, why would he do that? Then he can't get everybody boozed up and listen to all the drama on the True. guys. That's True. his gig. Smart. That's actually his gig. That is his gig. That's in his clause, yeah. in his contract. Did you stir up shit at meetings where you get everybody drunk? Yeah, I did. Yes. Boom. Another $100,000 for Ian Rapport. Ty, your question for him. Rap sheet. So with the vote, and it coming down to Mary Jo White's decision, even if uh, Ursay is already talking about this stuff and we can assume that maybe some owners are in his corner, they still have to find cause for them to, like, they, they can't just call this vote if this, um, if her, like, findings produce nothing, right? It's not like if she has this report and really nothing comes of it, then that kind of just completely wipes the vote out, right? And he will remain the owner. Yeah, I think that's probably right. If it if it's an overly like if whatever Dan Snyder's new spokesman said yesterday is true, which we'll see, um, and he's you know didn't do anything wrong, then I would say he's not going to get the twenty four. Uh, if it comes out and is pretty damning, then you could get the twenty four. But I think what every I think everybody would like to avoid that, right? I think what they would like to happen is no vote because if they vote. Then what if he takes the league to court? Like, there's a lot of other things that could happen. I think what they would like is if the report is really bad, they go to Dan Snyder, they go to Tanya, and they go, "Come on, like, will you take five billion dollars for this team? Yeah, <laughs> please, please, or more? Yeah, Ooh. more. That's a lot. They don't have a new stadium. They have to build a whole new stadium. You think somebody's going to be willing? To- the stadium part is a good part. I don't. That's that is a good question. I just assume business-wise, the person would be like, you know, when you buy a house, and you're like, well, I got to fix this, 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 and this, so the house is actually going to cost me. Blah, blah, yeah, blah. that's that's a good point. You know what I mean? That stadium mm-hmm. is the worst. It's terrible. Tennessee just got a new deal. Yep. They're getting a new stadium. Congrats yeah, to Nashville in Tennessee. Nashville getting the Super Bowl. Let's go. That's, that's great awesome. for all of us. That is great for all of us to be in. Oh, I didn't even think about yeah. that. You're right, Ian. I'm happy your booze bag brain thought of this. First, first <laughs> We're going to be having too. a good time in Nashville. Nashville's a great city for a, a Super Bowl. Go ahead, Darius. Hey, Rapshi, what up, man? I'm going to pivot down to Miami. So, uh, speaking of owners, Stephen Ross supposed to make his comeback. Is he clean? His punishment is done. It's no more investigation or talks about him. And then, what happened with Tua as far as the, uh, everything that it took to get him clear and returning to the field this weekend? Um, so, yes. First of all, um, the Stephen Ross suspension is is ending. And when it's back, it's, it's, done, it's done. Right? I mean, that's right. what – basically, it was two things wrapped up in one. It was – the tanking, it was the tampering, uh, and it was, you know, obviously we all know by now, but it was the tampering that got all of the brunt of the punishment and the fines and all of that. So 
think when he's back, he'll just be kind of just back. Um, and then that will be it. And I'm sure it'll be weird, but he'll be back at owners meetings and he'll kind of back like normal. The Tua thing was interesting. And, you know, he talked today to reporters just actually while we're talking now, spoke about how he was unconscious, remembers some but not all. Um, I think was pretty real and honest about, like, what he went through. Buffalo he or was, Thursday night? What's that? Tua was talking about Buffalo or Thursday night against Cincinnati? He was talking about uh, the game where he got the concussion that knocked him out. So – not the Thursday night. Those it was the games. Buffalo game. Buffalo yes. was the Sunday game where the back was injured. Remember? It was the back mm-hmm. that was a No, no, no. Hit. Then he's talking about Thursday night. Thursday night. Oh, okay, where he got okay. stretched off. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because got, I think we're asking back. about Buffalo and Thursday night, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. 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 Well, you can't, you can't say that he lost memory in the first one because it was a back injury. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying. If he was saying uh-huh. that, that would be a he has maintained firestorm. he has maintained to doctors publicly privately that it was a back injury the first time he doesn't uh, for whatever that means. Tua Tua has done that or no Tua has yes that is Doctor Allen Sill that is what Doctor Allen Sills told us Love on the conference guy. call about a week ago that every time they talked to him about it he told the trainers and doctors and independent neurologists that it was his back. Yep. Like How come that's not stinger. news, though? I, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got a stinger. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was news, but but you like know, afterwards it was on he a could. Saturday night conference call. After um, hold on, hold on one second, Ian. Sorry, me and Darius are going to have a conversation real quick. He could say it that it happened right because they fired the fucking doctor already. Who I would he be? Like, retrospect, like you know, I did have a fucking concussion. Yeah, he could, right? Could he? I don't know because who is he? He feels like he's protecting who at that. He'll point. probably have to protect his his medical staff and the Dolphins. It's really him. I mean, at the end of the day, you can beat – obviously, you can beat that that test and you can come back. It's on the player to kind of protect themselves. So, I think he'll probably feel like he'll be throwing those guys out of the bus. The medical – the Dolphins medical staff? Which one hurts All right, so we don't know if we're ever going to get the truth. Which one hurts the future contract, the head injury or the back injury? The back injury? Actually, he's – No, I'm saying which one would he rather lie about and when in contract negotiations can't come up and they say, well, you've had two two concussions or you had a back injury and a concussion. Which one gets him less money? You think that is what Tua was thinking in the moment against that Buffalo? I think that that's Buffalo? what he should think about. So Tua, though, publicly, you're saying, Tua publicly has said that it was my back on that Sunday against the Bills game and then four days later when you guys saw me lock up on Cincinnati, that was my first concussion of the season. Yes, hmm. that is what I believe. I said. did not know that. Take his word yeah. for it. Did, did you know that? I did not know that. I feel like we're on the internet. Pretty. How come? You, have you not broke that? You didn't do that. Uh, I think it's rude to uh, text and type when I'm talking to you guys, unless I'm going to break Carson Wentz news like last time. Oh, we appreciate um, you for that. Plus, also, plus also the Josh Thompson special teamer news that I broke on the show. Yeah, but you didn't tell us about that. You put that tweet out without telling us because you right. thought that we'd be negative about it. But it was special teamer. I want to hear more of that. Yeah. Uh, so the oh, two, yeah. did, did he answer everything you asked him about? Because as he was giving his answer, all I thought to myself was, have we fucking found out whether or not <laughs> that was a, not, a concussion on that Sunday game or not? It sounds like two is saying it is not at all. Right. But he's all the way back, though, right, Rap Sheet? And he's clear 100%. He's cleared. He's gotten cleared by some of the country's best neurologists. Hmm. Uh, concussion specialist like it was like there's it was three weeks and for whatever it is he went to some of the best doctors he saw the nfl's doctors it was above and beyond and he is now back he is going to start we'll see him on sunday night 
Um, I have no earthly idea what the Steelers are, but I think that'll be a good game, so I'm looking forward to it. Oh, just beat Tom Brady. We're back, baby. Sounds like Tua's back. They were great whenever Tua was the quarterback down there in Miami. Have hit a little bit of a slide. Tua all the way back is good news for the Miami Dolphins and for the NFL as a whole after what we saw happen to him on Thursday night. I said guys. I meant that as a... Yeah, it's just mm -hmm. a general term. Everybody. Because that's why I interrupted and girls. I didn't want uh, people Mm -hmm. to think, you know, that I forgot. I was Mm -hmm. using guys as a whole. Sex. Then I heard people attacking me immediately for saying that while he was giving his answer. So anger, like, just anyways, I want to clear that up. Uh, last question here for you, wrap, and I believe this is going to involve a potential leak of information in DMs or something popping off in New England. Yeah, uh, rap sheet. Apparently, you cannot trust Ben Volan because if he gets a DM from some <laughs> random burner account, he will take it as gospel. So I'm just warning you there. The other thing I would like to know about is what was the straw that broke. The Jack Easter be back because now he's not in Houston and a man in Boston is swearing on his life that Jack Easter be told him that Bill Belichick was supposed to be cloned per Robert Kraft's ideas. You answer the question. Answer the goddamn question. The first one, um, I, I will say it actually, and I haven't read the Volan thing. Um, I got a DM and it was fake. It actually happens all the time. It happens to me all the time. And I know it happens to a lot of people where random people you've never met or seen or don't have their number will be like, heard this. Yeah, Bobby Spice. And you're like, but honestly, like, you never know it's real or not. So you check and it's 95% fake. um, And, but you got to check. That's literally our jobs. So I don't know what happened there, but. Probably not great to trust someone that you just literally don't know. Okay, so here is the whole setup right here. This was an answer uh, to a uh, it was uh, Fido, Fidelberg. Yes, yes. Fidelberg, obviously member of the KFC Radio and KFC Podcast, Barstool Sports, OG. Been around a long time, mm-hmm. entertaining people on the internet. Something happened where he tweeted about the Volan article, and then Cuzzy answers and says, this literally only happened because of a DM that I sent Ben Volan that read, Buddy works over at Gillette selling season ticket packages. He heard they went with Hoyer over Zappi against Green Bay initially to appease Mac, whose camp made it very clear that he didn't want Zappi to jump in. Thought I'd pass along so the hashtag haters get off your back. <laughs> ben Volan goes, interesting. Appreciate the tip. And then I guess he goes and writes an entire article about how Mac Jones is you know arrogant and this whole thing happens and he needs to be humbled and he lost the locker room and this whole type of thing happens so we assume in your world this type of thing does happen Ben Volan you know I assume you have to get that double checked don't you have to normally get something double checked or no not in the world we're in now I mean that double triple like also it seems listen you've got shit wrong in the past we all have Mm -hmm. so let's not bury everyone has yeah but Right, and that happens, and it's literally part of it, but having someone you trust who should know and who's real tell you information, like, it has to be plausible. Like, Bill Belichick listening to Mac Jones's recommendation for who should be his backup <laughs> does not exactly seem plausible to me. I mean, I'm just saying, like, Might have been a giveaway. Hashtag yeah. haters. That's actually yeah. the best part of that. Like, like, I can't make too much fun. I put hashtags in personal text all the time but i'm a yes. moron so use gifts a lot too this guy will answer with a gif oh, really yeah, i like those that that's been a great addition to my phone just the random it's great yeah you don't have to say anything at all where's max 
Max is actually at school today. This kid uh, sucks. Let him skip school. He's already got a profession. He's already got a profession. Why does he need to go to class? What's he going to learn there that's going to make him more money than being an insider on this show? Nothing. That is the final Multiplication tables. Yeah. Are you? Am I using that on? I guess kind of. Yeah. You yeah. do use well, that every once in a while. Yeah, every once in a while. But, but your phone. I mean, I can do that exactly. on my phone. You just hit the X button in between the numbers. Yeah, you teachers I mean? used to say you're not going to have a calculator with you at all times. And guess what? They were fucking wrong. wrong. Boom. I do. Hey, you're not going to just have the dictionary with you at all times. Boom. I am. Yep. You're not just going to have a Rolodex of information at your pocket every single... Boom. I do. Okay. I was Steve Jobs before he passed. Rest in peace. peace Terrible dad. Terrible Steve. Bad dad. Great inventor, though. Steve mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess he was pretty really? terrible. Oh, the worst. Dad. Top three. Terrible They're talking dad. like bad, bad. And Dahmer's uh, talking wow. bad, bad dad. Mm-hmm. Steve Jobs could have cloned Belichick, though. Potentially. He would have got somebody. Well, yeah, he he would have yeah, found yeah, the yeah, right yeah, people. Yeah, right. You had Dan Dark. He would have got the job anybody. done. Mm-hmm. That's what Steve Jobs. It, yeah. mm-hmm. Not, well, his vision, somebody else's work. What do you want to, sure. you know? I mean, who Tomato, tomato. With that being said, you add in the fact that he's bad dad. I mean, then you're really... Tim Apple has been successful taking over, though. Not really inventive, (laughs) though, like creative. He's kind of taken what they've had and just made it a little bit sharper, a little bit better. And then, remember, he made the worst iPhone of all time. Yes, Mm -hmm. he did. So then he had to bring out a new one. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if any of us have... It's not doing great, either. The new one? Production of the uh, 14. Okay. Well, that's a bigger story. So Tim Apple has been making it much worse. That's a bigger story. But what's that? Wait, that's not for the show. Not even I could say it on this show. Oh. Not even in your maybe voice? Not even in my maybe voice. Oh, okay. Interesting. Nonetheless, Steve Jobs should have dunked on all of our teachers. You yes. know? And you younger folks that are growing up with these teachers and the internet in your pocket, I don't know how you take any of these fucking classes serious. I have no idea how you do. These who gives a fuck classes that we knew were who gives a fuck classes Ooh. in high school, nowadays, like, why do I need, to, if I need this information ever, I could Google it on this thing that I've had since I was 10 years old. It's an interesting time to be alive. I don't know how Max is going to stick with it, especially, you know, with a six-figure job offer, you know, coming from this particular show. Yep. You know what I mean, Ian? You know what I mean? Can't wait to take that. I mean, never mind. Oh, you're going to be Put one of those celebrity dads. Oh, yeah. 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 kid. Shia oh, we got the next Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Yeah. Another oh. shitty dad over here. Here we uh-huh. go. Great. Thanks for being a great celebrity father. We appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. <laughs> yeah. 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 Stealing all money from Max. Yeah. Brain is okay. Oh, yeah. Joining us now is a man <clears throat> whose brain has always been okay because his cranium is thicker than any other cranium that has ever been created post-caveman era. That's right. right. This man's a college football national champion. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's a Ryder Cup champion. He's a multi-time COVID survivor. Damn. And as of last night, he's officially an NBA Whoa. pundit. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, father of 10, A.J. Hall. Yeah. Look at you, dude. Look at me. Yeah, I saw you. Thanks for putting that in the... Uh... <laughs> In the old chat room, you put it up there for me to, to hear my little voice pop in there. Yeah, it was a group text. Once again, yeah. you continue to call it the wrong thing. We explained this yesterday, I know. Last night on Turner, obviously opening night for the NBA. NBA tip-off, big celebration. Huge. Also celebrating Charles Barkley getting a 10-year, who knows, yeah. 200 up to $200 million Ooh. deal. 
Congrats to Chuck. You're a legend. Sent him a text. Uh, told him congratulations. He responded. There we go. Thanks for doing what you just did, Chuck. We all say thank you, and you deserve every single dollar. But the man who did not get paid for appearing on last night's <laughs> celebration of the NBA tip-off, but did make an appearance on the NBA tip-off, is that man over there. The fucking legend himself, A.J. Hawk, made an appearance in a Draymond Green video about him punching Jordan Poole in the fucking face. <laughs> Everything gets to the media. Everything is said. A video came out of Draymond Green at practice. Oh, TMZ released this video of Draymond oh. punching Jordan Poole. This is the biggest crisis that we've Not AJ. That's not like one of those oh. fights where you come back and you're great. AJ! That's AJ. Wow. That was AJ. Go back, go back. Can we go back? Can we go back? <laughs> We go Everything back. is to media. Everything is. When did they play this? Last a night. Video came out okay. of NBA Draymond Green. TMZ released this video of Draymond punching like Jordan Poole. This is the biggest crisis that no. we've ever had. That's not like one of those fights where you come back and you're great buddies. That's AJ. AJ's on turn. Congrats, AJ. Hell yeah. I'm proud of you, yep. dude. Did you ever Thank think you. of that? Just an Ohio fuck played football, you know? What? Now you're a part Never of the did. NBA media. That's awesome. That's right. Yeah, I guess so. It's part of maybe my AAU background. That's what helped me yeah. out. That's why they put it on there, I think. We're all so proud of you. Yeah. I, we heard that last night, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I didn't hear it live. I just saw one person sent me a tweet that said, A.J. Hawk, a part of the Draymond Green montage. Yeah. And then I saw like 10 tweets come, A.J. Hawk, a part of the Draymond Green montage. So I literally hit in to the group text because we got great fishers in our group. We have people that can find anything on the Internet at any point. Specifically... Our Canadian friend Gumpy is the best gold mine finder on the internet. Mm -hmm. So I put into the group text, I said, "Uh, I think AJ's a part of the opening montage for Draymond Green. And then within minutes, I think like maybe a minute, Gumpy's like, got it, Paul. (laughs) Sends it in in four fucking K somehow, gets it in there. And when I heard AJ, that's not just one of those things you come back and your buddies from. I was so, I was elated. I was like super excited for you, AJ. (laughs) Honestly, that's a big deal. Yeah, AJ, that's a big-time story. That's the biggest story in the NBA. They were talking about it a lot. They were putting him over as a baby face after the motherfucker punched a guy right in the face. He was like, he was saying one of his kids. They showed him on a swing set with his kids. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, this is a big story. Then during the game, Draymond calls over LeBron in the middle of it. Now the Warriors get a win. The Lakers do appear to stink yet again. Mm-hmm. Same exact story as last year. LeBron's going to put up numbers. They're going to suck. Uh-huh. Here we are. LeBron, after game one, says... They might have been letting our team shoot, to be honest. We don't got a lot of fucking lasers out here. So who who knows how LeBron feels. It seems like LeBron and Draymond might be a team together. Fuck the Warriors, fuck the Lakers. These two guys are friends. And uh, Iguodala, Mm -hmm. unless he does a weird way of covering his yawns with with two (laughs) hands. It could be. It could have been a big yawn. Is basically saying that old Draymond's doing uh, fellatio yep. to fucking LeBron Ooh. James in yeah. the middle. I of didn't the see that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Two hands. He might have yawned Wait, on, weird. Like, was he on, on the bench doing that? Yeah. Or yep. what? So Draymond on the bench. Show me. LeBron on the. We don't have rights, and this is something that did get ripped out. No, no. Show, can you re- yeah, reenact it? Okay. AJ. So I'm he, not, pe- he pepper grind, He was pepper grinding yes. right there. Really Let me the set court. the. Can I set the fucking thing before? <laughs> set the stage. Sir. Before I'm, you I'm, will elaborate about what you're off. doing. Set the stage. Okay. Okay. Draymond is off the court. Okay, he's off the court. Off. He's on the bench. LeBron on court, in the game. Hmm. Somehow, timeout maybe. Free, Free throw. throw. Draymond calls over LeBron, gets up onto the court wearing his. Uh, on the bench shit, like yeah. long sleeve shirt and everything. 
dabs up LeBron. There's some sort of comment made, a laugh. And while that's taking place on the court in front of the Golden State Warriors bench, Steph's sitting here, then there's Iguodala sitting here, and everybody else is on the bench. And it's not like a ha-ha, they're in on the conversation. Then Andre Iguodala appeared to yawn, and while he was yawning, his head had a couple jerks or whatever, and he covers his with two hands. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh-huh. He goes two hands Tion to cover his yawns. Pe- pepper, yeah, pepper and what, grind. And it, yeah, he, yeah he, he shakes the moss. Uh-huh. Yep, like you know, a shake it, weight. It appeared to be what he was – that's how he yawns. And he, the shake weight – Why are you keeping it so far away from your face? <laughs> What's that? You're keeping it way too far away from your face for some reason. So you saw the video? What did it look like? You told I, have, me. I legit haven't seen the video, but I, I am like pumped a, to see it after this. I wish you guys would show it. It was like what? He did this. He did this. Oh, yeah. right there? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, so his really? nose was crying, right? Because that is. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. No. That is what you do. Yeah, you got a runny uh, nose. Well, yeah. the funny part, too, <laughs> is it was in the group <laughs> chat as well. So What's we must that? have missed it that. No, it was deleted. It was a tweet from Complex that I actually clicked on, and it was a deleted tweet. That's oh, why sure. we cannot play this video, because I believe this is something that they probably... With all, how much they're putting over Draymond right now in the NBA world, and obviously LeBron's there, and Steph's in the video, and he would... Well, how'd it go with he and Poole? I have uh, no idea. Uh, uh, there was an yeah. assist. I saw Jordan Poole assist yeah. to him one time. Like, do yeah. they talk to each other? Mm, nah. I doubt it. Ah, who cares? Anyways, yeah, no. let's get back to what we came for in this particular hour. Hell yeah. Actually, today, I walked in here with a little pep in my step today because I don't often get to chat with people that I've never talked to before who are incredibly successful, incredibly fascinating, and a force of change in their own community. Mm -hmm. That is something that I get excited about because I do fancy myself a conversationalist. I like genuine conversation. I don't go into conversations with, you know, written down questions because if I hear an answer that I'd like to expand upon, it's like, oh, fuck, I'd like to learn about this person. This is a person I'd love to learn about. I'm very thankful he's joining us. You've seen him in commercials in the mainstream world, but what you probably didn't know if you're an old and a white and not in the gaming community is this dude's worth like 700 fucking billion dollars being the best and most entertaining video gamer on earth. Now, we have been privy to being introduced to a man named Dr. Disrespect. That's right, of course. And I have no idea if this person has a beef with that person because I do not know the gaming community well enough, but I do know that these video gamers, not only are they fucking entertaining as hell, not only are they incredibly smart, business-wise, these are some of the best motherfuckers going. Ladies and gentlemen, one of those, the guy, Ninja. Yeah! What's up, guys? Hey, uh, and to answer your question quick about Doc or your, your suspicion, I, I, I freaking love him, man. Uh, How I've could you a, not, a, dude? I've been a fan of him for for years, and I mean, I got some, I got some intel on him too. Whoa. Just like a lot of people don't know, not like bad intel, like um, Snyder stuff. And nah, he's been a, no, 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 man. My guy, he's, he's been intel. around for ever. Like he's been around for like fifteen years. I've been streaming for like eleven years now. And I, you guys all know Doc. He's a character, right? He, he pretends to be, you know. I mean, well, he's real. I love him. Let's just, you know, let's stick with that. He, <laughs> Watch what you're saying. He's been, he's been doing this stuff, like on YouTube, like 15 years ago, back in the Call of Duty days. He, like, he created the character Doctor Disrespect, and he's been in like my. And he, he wasn't ready for the streaming world at the time, right? So when I was starting off streaming on Justin TV, playing Halo and stuff, he would pop in and be like, "Baby Ninja." Just always know the doc is watching. <laughs> and, then would, and then would like quote himself, you know, Dr. Disrespect, which is just hilarious. And then, you know, fast forward like five years after that, he finally decided to like bring it to life and actually start streaming as the doc on, on Twitch. 
Uh, and now obviously he's on YouTube, but you know, the well, rest is history. We are all incredibly thankful for that. And, uh, that's cool to hear, you know, because in the streaming world, video games wise, I know why it is so successful. My brother, his friends all played video games. I grew up watching them play cause I was terrible at it. I enjoyed it. Then it felt like this Fortnite game really took it to the next level. You started with Halo. And at what age did you know you were going to be like a streamer? You knew video games. Did you just beat the fuck out of everybody since you were a little kid? And you're like, Oh, I should do this for a living. Living? Yeah, yeah. It started with my dad introduced me to the games and started beating him at everything uh, except for uh, NFL Blitz. He would always like I was too young. When we started playing that game and he would just troll the shit out of me and just be like, here comes the blitz. Like every single <laughs> time I'm trying to throw and I'm like, I would like throw the controller down because I have no idea what to do. Um, but yeah, it started that with that. Then I started beating my brothers and I started beating like the locals, everyone else in like my neighborhood. Um, and that's kind of how it starts for a lot of competitive gamers. Is like they'll start with like the locals, right? And then eventually they realize, you know, well now Xbox Live it, it started to come out, and then I started to play against a bunch of people in the world, um, competing, starting to like, you know, just try to win. How old? How old? How old when you started like, doing all that? I was like 13, 14 when I like found out about competing in tournaments, um, making money, right? No, no. Well, you can if you want them. But back then, I wasn't, like, competing yet. I just knew that they existed. And then, like, but I thought you had to be invited. I mean, this is, like, old school stuff, right? Like, nowadays, there's tournaments everywhere. You can play online. Um, you know, the majority, majority of the tournaments are online. So it's super easy to, to, to play in them. But back then, I was like, I thought you had to be invited. I mean, even to, like, local tournaments, like, at a GameStop. I thought you had to get, like, a phone call, some in the mail that's like, hey, you want to come play in this tournament? I had no idea that, you know, you could sign up and, <laughs> and like, you know, you had to qualify. So, like, that's how, like, new it was to me at the time. Um, so yeah, I was like 16 when I actually started competing. And then when I started streaming, I was about 17, 18, just graduated from high school. And, uh, you know, there wasn't even a way to make money at the start of it. Um, like I think a couple of months after I started streaming, like they came out with a partnership program, uh, on the website, Justin TV, which is now Twitch TV. And I signed up for it and was able to, you know, make money off of ads and subscriptions uh, and then I think after like the first two months when I, I, I had that, I made like three grand or I was going to make three grand. That was like my projected revenue showed my mom. And I was like, mom, like, this is, this is some nice cash. Like, this is like my first month, like no growth, like no crazy growth yet. And she's like, well, let me see if it check, if it clears first, let's see what the check gets <laughs> in the mail. Like so, just a classic worried mom and dad. Um, but it came, cashed it, it went through and I was like, this is happening, mom. Um, and I was going to college at the time too. So eventually I was just like, fuck this. Um, yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I was like, if I start making great money, I, I made a deal with her. I was like, if I make like, you know, m- like double minimum wage, I want to like go full time and drop out of school for a little bit. And she was like, all right, that's, that's fair. But you have to promise me that if you stop making that, that, you know, you go right back. I was like, that's the easiest deal in my life. So. And you haven't stopped. Yeah, here you are. And then Facebook gave you a seven hundred thousand million mixer, and uh, they're no longer with us. So (laughs) that's because they had to pay you. Uh (laughs) They couldn't couldn't handle old Ninja, dude. AJ, go ahead. Ninja, how do you how do you have like the the competitive stamina? Pat mentions that a lot to stay at the top. You know, I I see young guys like what George Janko was calling you out recently, trying to claim that you're not a great Fortnite player. I don't know (laughs) if you if you respond to people like that. But I just want to know, how do you stay at the top and how do you ha- continue to have that stamina? Uh, well, you know, I, I didn't hear that. So uh, uh, the comment from oh, that, that other guy. I don't, you don't need to on my radar, man. Oh, right, right. Good for you. Um, AJ, what's but, uh, your problem, dude? <laughs> no, 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 it's no big deal, dude. I don't care. No, yeah, no, Ninja, no this is a problem. Life. This is every I'm day. I'm you're the king, everyone's going to take a shot when you're at the top of the mountain, man. That's what you're doing. For sure, man. That's right, um, 
I think it's just it's just in my bones, man. Like competitively, I I just love it. I, I hate losing, right? I think the, the, the that competitive mindset you ask a lot of. I think you probably heard this quote from a lot of top uh, NFL players, NBA players that you have to hate losing more than you like winning. And I hate losing so much. So whenever I'm playing Fortnite, whatever I'm playing, any game, anything that I'm doing, uh, especially when it comes to streaming and stuff like that, I'm always just like, all right, well, I'm I'm always looking to improve and I'm always trying to learn. I mean, even when I die, I was dying today. I was playing, you know, for a stream for like two and a half hours before this, and I I lost the fight, and I immediately went into replay, and I was like, dude, what what did I do wrong here? Was it my fault? Yeah. Um, and it really was just like there was a new part of the map. Yeah. Right. Yeah, dude, there's a new part of the map. I didn't really notice, like, my, 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 my rocket. It was a straight But My rocket didn't hit. Like, I, I, I'm like, oh, this is an easy kill. I didn't realize how wide the play, like the area he was in was, and it was so many places for him to dodge and hide. So, you know, obviously I'm not going to make that mistake again. Never. In that oh, yeah. specific yeah. spot. What we say? But that's, you fool me once. Yeah. Shame on you. Shame on you. Fool me fool twice, twice, dude. Sh- shame, no, fool shame, me. On, shame on me. Shame on me. You're never going to fool me. Yeah. 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 You're damn right, Ninja. <laughs> I'm happy to hear you. So you're still getting better. And is it still Fortnite every day that you're streaming? Because you're on every single platform, obviously dominant yeah. everywhere. You have partnerships with big companies. I don't know if you still got them, so I don't want to mention them and piss off any of your other partners. But Love that. Yeah, Love that. yeah, yeah got you. It, it, Bud Light, weren't you with Bud Light there for a bit? What? I had a Bud Light uh, All-Star event like six years ago. It wasn't like a personal sponsorship with them, but uh, my buddy Tim was sponsored by Bud Light. And, you know, they, they're what? pretty cool. That's pretty cool, you know? What? what? Yeah. yeah, it's great to be. I mean, we're not. We have zero. But we have zero beer sponsors, Ninja. Okay, people want to be our sponsors. Is that, I was gonna say, is that by choice? Yeah, we're waiting for Bud Light. What? Right? That's literally what we're waiting for. Until then, we're just giving free ads. They know that. <laughs> yeah. We're good business people. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about business people. You're a great business person. All the video gamers and the streamers who have kind of set forth this new, like what we're taking advantage of almost as a business, is something that is very, you know next generation thinking, forward thinking, but you have to be a solid business person to be able to navigate the waters. And I think streaming and video games are teaching people at a much younger age about business. I mean, you doing a negotiation with your mother about making double minimum wage or I have to go back to school, like that just showcases a conversation that I would never be able to have. But I think a lot of kids are having nowadays because of the streaming uh, thing. How do you see it going? And what have you learned from this business you think that you hate or that you love? You can either decide to go either way, Ninja. Hmm. Well, I mean, I started off being that way, like negotiating wise was that was just kind of the way I was I was raised. My parents were like not letting me game as much as I wanted to when I was little. And I was like, dude, what am I going to do to play more? Like because, you know, I, I fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was, you know, start I was negotiating. I was like nine years old. Maybe. I was like, mom, I'll take out the trash more. I'll do the laundry. I'll clean the bathrooms. Like, can I play more than two hours a day, which is what I was like allowed to play. Um, so that started young, but I think in general, from like a business standpoint or that I, I've learned from gaming, first off, my wife, is, you know, who was my manager, who's now just taking a step back, but that's not, um, you know, that's not super relevant, but she, I mean, she helped me out with, Kinda. with, so, with so much stuff, dude. Like me, I would, I was just a guy gaming. I was in the middle of a stream one day. I was trying to, I was typing up a, a sponsorship email, like request to G fuel. And I was in the middle of my stream. It did work 10 years later. <laughs> I'm like, I, I was typing out, it was in the middle of my stream. I had like, you know, a couple thousand viewers and I'm taking the time and I do, Jess comes in, she checks it out. It's got multiple spelling errors and stuff. No. I'm just like, oh, dude. <laughs> you know, I mean, of course it does. I'm like, I'm in the middle of a, you know, freaking kill stream dude. session. Yeah. Exactly. 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 H1Z1, that's all it was about. <laughs> high, high kill eliminations. People love watching that stuff. Um, 
but I think that when you, you just have to be competitive and you have to have a business mindset um, to, to be in the streaming communities. But nowadays, even more so than ever, because there's just everyone and their grandmother wants to stream. And there are grandmothers that stream. I'm not even kidding. It's like a thing. Um, do you fucking that, just snipe them? Is yeah. that the yeah. grandma? You know, they're you actually per, they're pretty decent. Like the streamers, there's like a, there's like an old guy and an old girl that are, that are I think they're on TikTok and they actually like pop off. Like they're doing pretty well and they're actually like like well known. Um, but that's a that's another thing that I tell people about streaming. How do you pop off? How do you you know distinguish yourself from the millions of other people that are streaming? Oh, yeah. Dude, just be be different, man. Like you're you're if you're a seven year old gamer and you're actually good at Call of Duty, like there's gonna be even if you're a meme, there's gonna be people who are gonna want to tune in and watch you because you're a seven year old, you know grandpa shitting on kids yeah like, shitting your pants and on yeah. kids yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah you that's different around, you got your adult diapers on yeah a couple <laughs> depends you got juice bro i enjoy the hell out of your energy i think that's probably why you have become ninja yeah, uh, yeah. how about that uh, this yeah. fucking one word that has Prince. been around a long time the tiger you hear ninja you think of one yes. thing boom <laughs> this fucking guy who's a detroit lions fan for some reason and bang he's incredible at video games uh ty has a question for you we'll definitely talk about that in a second ninja when it yes. comes to like beta testing and stuff like that i assume you're you're playing these games you know a lot of times like before uh, a lot of other people are and like the developers are asking you how it is is it ever hard to like pull punches like like if a new call of duty comes out it's like hey this game fucking sucks like, I'm not going to play okay. this. And also, like, when it comes to Fortnite, I think we're around the same age. Like, I could just never get into that because it's kind of just, I mean, yeah. it's not Call of Duty or whatever. Like, do you ever get those days where you're just like, this game fucking sucks. I don't want to play this anymore. But you're kind of like, your hands are tied because you're so popular and you're so good at it. Dude, so I'll, I'll touch on the second question first. Uh, I love Fortnite right now. The Chapter 3 is the best, like, era of the game ever since, probably since the beginning of the game. Um, there do you have to say though. that? Do you have to say that? No, I don't. I'm not. I, if if I was paid, I would. I'd have to be like hashtag ad hashtag sponsored. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I, yeah. I, I gotcha. genuinely have fun with the game right now. I think it's in a good spot, which is great. Um, but to answer your first question, yeah, I mean, I, I get access and invited out to events for companies, and sometimes it's paid, sometimes it's not. Um, you know, but if you're allowed to stream the event, it's a that's kind of payment in its own because you have unique content that you're yeah people are making money off of it too so you should make money off it yeah yeah so 100 percent. yeah you almost pretty much never do anything for free uh but ever dude i I used to ever fucking never if somebody's (laughs) making money ninja if somebody's making money off of it very nice okay it's cool yeah if if nobody's making money off it it's cool i if nobody's making money off it cool if somebody is I would like. We should at least oh, have a so conversation. Yeah. We should have at least have I a love, conversation. I love, have, I love pie. I love to have a piece of it. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? yeah so. exactly. If there's no pie, though, hey, we'll just hang out it's, and have a good conversation. Yeah, yeah. All good, all good. Exactly. But if somebody's yeah. going to enjoy this fucking thing, you know, yeah. it's it's a lot of connections too, right? Like, so yeah. that thing. If no one's making money, and it's like, all right, I weigh, I weigh the. Well, I make more money at home streaming, or like, are the connections that I'm going to make there, you know, invaluable? Um, is is the pros and cons things like that that i weigh all the time but i used to i used to pull punches right when i was doing a beta thing you don't you don't want to piss off the developers and at the end of the day man developers are artists um and artists are you know they love their art they're a you know when they create something whether it's you know the graphics of a game or they're the ones who came up with an idea of the game like it's their their baby right and if you make fun of it or you kind of poke at it and say what's wrong with it like it can be very um you know uh, uh Offensive? You're not trying, yeah, yeah, you're not yeah. trying to be offensive, but they can just disrespectful. Be like, yeah, exactly. Um, so we're we're dealing with it. Hey, lot. Ninja, yeah. we, we just built a new studio. 
And it feels like everybody in every department of building the studio is an artist as well. Mm -hmm. And whenever we ask why their art potentially isn't connecting well, (laughs) it is a full-on, they're disrespected out of nowhere. And it's like, I just would like to get the best outcome here. Yeah, it's tough sometimes. It's tough. Got to have great communication, dude. Um, But nowadays, truly, man, I'm 31 years old and streaming for uh, 11 years. I don't really give a shit. Um, especially when it comes to the game like that I might want to stream, right? And I, I think you might have asked that question because of the, the Warzone 2 event or whatever that went on, the Modern Warfare 2 event. I mean, we gave them, I mean, me and all the guys, we gave them a lot of feedback, a lot. And I actually, I actually got kind of like roasted a little bit by one of the, by one of the I don't think he's a developer, but I think he works for the company. I think he was saying that I was, lo- I was loud at dinner. And it's like, well, yeah, because I was trying to tell you guys that there's a part of your game that sucks like and and and, and i wanted to make sure i wanted to make sure i got my point across like several times um and there's sometimes where you you know i just i just don't sugarcoat it anymore for the good of the game ninja yep for the good of the game for the good of the game you're allowed at dinner i don't need so what guy at the end of the fucking table get out of here yeah we're talking about developers exactly yeah that's exactly what i'm saying Um, but they have a speaking of warzone 2 though they have a good it's decent Okay. It's, it's got it's got potential, man. But uh, Ooh. we'll see. Oh, so is that <laughs> a thing? Is that a thing? Call of Duty versus Fortnite, people? You you kind of buried uh, it in your question. Yeah, I love I love both. I, I mean, for me, Warzone right now is just not like peaking my interest. It's very like sweaty, and it's you know, yuck, kind of a bad game. It's all it's old. It's like old new. It, it's not. It's the one thing that's issue with COD is they keep switching out games every year, even when they have an absolute banger. That's like what we've been Warzone. saying. That's what we've been saying. Come on, man! Just like just just kind of update, just update the game. Continue continue to push out updates. Exactly. The game was absolutely phenomenal. The map that was out recently was great, but now it's like, is it Caldera? Is that what they're playing now? I have no idea. Ninja, I'm going to take everything you just said as my own at some point when I get into a conversation <laughs> yeah. with somebody in the gaming community, and I'm going to sound so smart. Oh, Fortnite guy, of course, sure, too old, yeah. too mm-hmm. old. Yeah, AJ, your question. Go ahead, pal. I'm curious, from your perspective, like what makes a game good or what makes a game terrible? Like, what little things do you need? You need to um, kill somebody, this, right? I mean, that has to yeah, happen. Lots yeah. of people. You have to kill somebody. Just kill, I mean, no, not always. Most most of the time, you're killing something, though, right? I mean, like if you're playing like an RPG or you know fighting monsters and shit like that. If you're playing Fortnite, RPG. I think for me, it's the competitiveness, right? The game has to have some sort of competitive value. I want I want to know that there's like a skill gap. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, you know, a ranking system is what provides a lot of the entertainment for, for a lot of games that are shooters and battle royales, et cetera. Uh, the, usually the games that have a solid ranking system are the ones that like, you know, they perform well and they have a lot of longevity. You know, Apex Legends right now is one of those battle royales that really just popped the fuck off no. after like years after the game came out because they continued to update the ranking system um, and, and they continue to come out with updates and keep the game fun. And I think that that's what that's what I look for when I play a video game. That's I mean, like, like Lizzo. First, that's like Lizzo's song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She released like four years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah. Then, yeah. Put my hand and, uh, shame on Lizzo's just chilling at her house, and all of a sudden she's got a song that's worth number one. Now she's changing the entire game, uh-huh. showing up to Lakers games with oh, her cheeks out. That's right. Sorry about no that, pain. Ninja. Though I just hey, wanted good, to like, good for her, man. You know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Yeah, she don't care. Yeah, let the cheeks fly, dude. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. You're gonna go to a game. <laughs> What do they want to see? This yeah, ass? I want, yeah, I want a sh- I want a show. Yeah. And I'm not just the game that I'm there to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you were going to finish up and I cut you off because I didn't know you were going to finish something and I had to talk about it. <laughs> no, that's Lizzo. pretty much it, man. I, at the end of the day, that's that's what I look for in a, in a game, though. Like I said, when I started playing Fortnite, like the, to me, the game was like the sound, right? The audio was actually really cool and interesting. Every time you opened up a chest, it was cool. The colors were dope. Like, um, And then, again, the competitiveness of it was 
attractive to me. You smoke dope? Uh, like dope, dope, like weed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just said. Uh, you just said the colors are nice. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, this guy's high yeah, as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Never, never. I've never done a, an event, or I'm incredibly professional, man. Come on. I. Who I, says I've never that isn't professional? That's professional. I don't think that that's very professional. I have a Snoop Dogg weed story. Snoop's the man. Yeah, you're goddamn right. I w- hey, we're going to link this. Bud Light All-Stars. He was the Bud Light All-Star event. <laughs> I was a part of his team. Bud Light All-Star event, dude. He was like 35 mi- minutes late to the show. Like, there was a hard time. Four o'clock had to be there. This is when we were going live. He's with Corona. In a tournament. Yeah. And he just 35 minutes, comes out late, smelling like the most delicious smell you could smell <laughs> and he's like i'm i'm here baby let's fucking get it <laughs> <laughs> and you just you know you don't tell snoop when to arrive that's what i learned that day well especially if you're bud light i mean he's gonna be on a beach with bob bunny yeah you're gonna be doing corona stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. just a couple of years later uh that's awesome to hear about you very professional i respect that i have different mm-hmm. views on the entire thing but nonetheless go ahead connor hey, yeah Ninja, is there still a World Cup of Fortnite and you're going to bring hold gold for America? And also, uh, at what point did you show up to some of these tournaments and they're like, oh, shit, Ninja's here. Everyone get the hell out of here because we're all going to lose. Um, I would say to the World Cup thing, I think they might be doing a zero build tournament recently or soon. I, I don't know. They're, they're kind of in the dark when it comes sure. to those types of tournaments. I won't be bringing home the, the gold. Uh, I, I get too competitive. I t- it takes over my life. And I... Uh, I I just basically caught out all time with with everyone in my life, including my wife, for that matter. Um, I started competing in Valorant a couple years ago, and I mean, you got I was money streaming. Now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to be I, a I human. Prefer, yeah, yeah. That's pretty much exactly what it is. I would stream eight hours, and then I would get off stream after streaming eight hours, and then I would practice off stream because you don't want to play your you know your your yeah. strats to the world. And then I would practice for eight hours off stream, so sixteen hours. It's literally my entire day. And then you know, so so yeah, no no competing. Um, smart hey look at you saving you from you look ninja saving ninja from ninja Ninja. look at you oh you're a good guy and I believe the second you gotta know you're on Achilles heel the second question was at what age whenever you started showing up everybody was scared to death that ninja was here at what age was the buzz when did you start to pop off Uh, right love it uh, I think yeah, I for, for Halo, it was just any local. I pretty much took out any local that I went to. I would get at least top yes. two um, or, or first place and take it down. So I was like 18, 19 when I started like just kind of shitting on everyone on locals and taking those tournaments down. But that was like 500 Hell bucks yeah. here, 1,000 bucks there. Hell yeah. uh, competitively, like professionally, like in the MLG world, I was never on a team at a high level where we were taking first place consistently where it was like, ah, shit, we're going up against Ninja's team. Um, I was placing top four, top six, like top eight a lot. And I've been kind of had, I've, I've had this like monkey on my shoulder for a really long time because even though I was, I'm like, dude, I'm one of the most competitive people that I know. And I'm also fucking amazing at video games. <laughs> I, I was like labeled as humble. a streamer and humble. That's the number one thing. You gotta say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I prefer confident, and, yeah. but respect. I, I was always kind of labeled and never really given a lot of chances because I was more, people saw me as like a streamer more than a competitive gamer. And that's actually happening, been happening to me my entire life. But, you know, even regardless of that, I was still winning, you know, H1Z1 tournaments, PUBG tournaments, Fortnite what? tournaments. What? 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 You know? Hell yeah. Absolutely love that. Regardless. That, that happens in all fields, I think, by the way. There's a guy who does... Um, 
like craft work, building work where he works with like wood and shit. And he gets categorized in his community as a streamer, not a real guy in the wood. Like it happens, I think, in every single aspect. I think you should just not give a fuck. But <laughs> I don't anymore. Neither here nor there. I mean, neither. Here right. I think the ninja name is huge. It is fascinating, though. Do you feel like a younger generation of guys and girls yes. that are just much better than you were at that age and you know that they're going to go and carry on and kill everything? Absolutely. Um, I, I've, I have a huge theory about that, about just, you know, the Lots generational game. Yeah. Listen, man, back in the day, right. You're so I'm what I'm 31 years old now. Crazy. But I'm also still, it's my job. I'm playing video games every day, right. For eight hours a day. So I'm going to, I'm going to be good at video games like my entire life more than likely. But back in the day, there are a lot of people when I was competing in halo where like you hit 20, 21 years old, and you just your skill just starts to fall off. But at that same time, the reason it's falling off is because people didn't think that it was like a full time job and they couldn't play MLG, you know, and compete in MLG forever. Right. So they had to go and go back. They had to go to college or they had to get a job outside of, you know, competing. And that just cuts into your time gaming. And that doesn't happen as much anymore, I feel like, because now there are people who are, you know, my age and younger who are going to be gaming forever for a long time forever if you will right and and they're just going to be good as long as they put the time in and put the effort in so is video you know? games a timing thing because i suck Dude, i absolutely suck. i am so I, think you gotta, I think you gotta start a little young because like i mean the mouse and keyboard if you're playing on computer is like PC, that takes yeah, of course yeah, PC, yeah, it, ta- it takes a you know a lot and then even if you're on a controller yeah, right i think that there, there's a you know you gotta you got to teach them young, man. I'm, I'm putting a controller. If Jess and I have kids, my wife and I have kids, I'm putting a controller in that kid's hand, guy or girl, aged, like, out the womb. You know what I mean? <laughs> Xbox <laughs> controller on the lap. So you're right an away. Xbox guy over everything else, or are you PC with Xbox controller? I'm PC diehard still. I do have an Xbox controller when I play cer- certain games. It's right here. Um, but I, I was, you know, born and raised Xbox, Xbox, Xbox 360, Halo 2, and Halo 3. Some great video games. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Darius has a question for you, Ninja. I want to yeah. as as a hardcore competitive gamer. Uh, one of the big things that I know helped make Fortnite uh, more popular was like the dances, you know, the gritty coming over and the backpack and all those different things. How do you feel about that? Is that like Mickey Mouse to you, or yes. you uh, you like that type of shit? I, l- I love that type of shit, man. Uh, like, unfortunately, right now, half the songs that they add to the game are like copyright, and as a streamer, I can't even do them. Otherwise, I risk you know my videos being taken yeah. down and shit like that. But uh, I, I think that, dude, culturally, I think it's incredible. It's incredible for kids to to be able to, you know, maybe, maybe learn something, right? Maybe they, like, do some research on where the dance came from because now anything that's created uh, and brought in from outside, you know, people, right, like athletes yeah. or whatever, it's it, it's a part of, like, an icon series. So they, I think they actually start to – they're starting to give credit now to the people who are, you know, creating the dances and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, and also I think John um, Cena's in there, isn't he? John, yeah. Oh, yeah. John Cena's, John Cena's in there. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah, have the homies. I got it all. Do you just snipe everybody? Like, so you just oh, go it's fun. all day, you just are killing people and telling them, oh, I just fucking killed you. I just shot you right in the fucking head. Oh, is that what all day is for you? I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know enough about the world, but no. that's Dude, the day yeah. right there. I'm coming in Pretty out of much. a helicopter, right? You're flying. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. dropping in. Yeah. yeah no, no, and then you're coming in. Uh-huh. And then it's just. And you just- Shit on everyone, man. Yeah, laying scum. Yes, uh-huh. you suck, kid. Body bag. Thirteen-year-old body dead. bag. Oh yeah, new dead. Bot. Dead. I'm dead. not even kidding. That's literally what I did all day today. I was just landing and shitting on people, and like, you know, you. you, you, you I know you jokingly mentioned like stream snipers and stuff like that, but like, you you know, like sometimes you'll see the same name in your game several times. 
uh, and it, and it's really suspicious. But and then when you when you kill all those guys, that's the fucking best. Man. You know, you, you you just dump on them, and I, I'm just talking shit. They might be 13 years old. I don't really give a shit. That you ain't know? for you to find it, out. Let the bodies <laughs> hit the floor, dude. Yeah. The last question all for the, you. Know? Let the last question for you here. Go ahead, Tone. Speaking of seeing the same gamer tag all the time, have you ever seen uh, <laughs> K1 ARZ QB every Saturday night at like 3:30 a.m. and be like, "Hey, man, you got a game tomorrow? Like, maybe I know it's a double XP weekend, but maybe you should get off and like look at playbook a little bit before you got the Packers tomorrow." Are you thinking about helping the Arizona Cardinals <laughs> mm-hmm. with their potential gaming issue at quarterback? Is what Tone Diggs went to ask there. I would absolutely love to to just give him some advice on on just put it away, man. Like it's game time, bro. What are you doing? Like you're a professional athlete, man. You have a multi million dollar contract. One Holy of the best shit. quarterbacks could be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. What are you fucking around for? <laughs> playing, playing Warzone, like all you know what I mean. Are you on like, a team? Are you on the face the base? Are not you on, on face clan? No, I'm not a part of any of that stuff. Why not? You're just a fucking lone wolf. Ow! You're yeah, solo dolo out there. <laughs> just to be clear, we're talking about Kyler Murray, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Kyler, man, I don't know. I'd love to have a conversation with him and just be like, I mean, but at the end of the day, man, he's a grown man, right? He's old enough now to know that, like, yeah, I mean, you, I'm assuming you guys have seen all the crazy videos, right? There's, like, legitimate statistics of him when a new update comes out or when a new oh, game yeah. comes out. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, come on, man. It felt cool to actually dive into your world. I don't cover video games much because I stink at them. Never played growing up. I fucking suck. So, like, all right, I, I have I known you. of you. I've only known of you as the incredible businessman in the streaming community. So getting to chat about the video games here has been fun. So you're not a part of Let's get back to it. You're not part yeah. of any of the teams. Who else? There's a Chicago Huntsman. Chicago, the Huntsman. The Huntsman. Uh-huh. There's the yeah. Phase Club. Optic. There's a Pittsburgh team, I think. Forty Thieves. The Forty Thieves. Hundred Thieves. Hundred Thieves. Hundred Thieves. What? Did, you said no to all. You're a free agent right now, or you never been a part of a squad? Yeah. What's the deal? Uh, well, I don't want to. It's in my opinion, it's too late to start my own. Uh, which I and even if I wanted to, I don't think I'd do it. It's not for me. It's like that's like too businessy. You know what I mean? Like I don't uh-huh. want to sit here and manage other players. Like and and and. At a high level, I'd rather, I'd rather just kind of sit back on the sidelines and watch mo- for the majority of the time. And I think it's cool, like a lot of the culture that people create. Like you know, you I, I really do feel like everyone who's on a hundred thieves. I feel like they're a family, right? You can see them all, like you know, they always tagging each other and hanging Ninja out. And they're going thieves, hundred thieves, maybe, dude. There's also complexity, right? Tim Tatman, Cloaksy, a lot of cool guys over there. That oh, you know, so I think I do like that team. What's their team name? Yeah. Complexity. Complexity is the organization. Are you like Odell Beckham Jr. right now? Are you doing tours and recruiting visits and stuff like that? Flashing the ring. But I did actually get a complexity tour recently. But uh, they are—they're part of the Dallas man. They're based out in Dallas. So do do you live in Dallas? Dude, perfect. No, no, no. It's like uh, two hours away. It's a two-hour flight, nice and quick. Tim always tries to get me to go to a couple of the games every year, or for at least this year. And the Lions in Dallas, they play next week, but I'm going to be in Vegas for a a a concert. So, oh, no big deal. Who is it? Oh, thank God. No, it's a it's a the when when we were young tour festival. Oh. It's like dude, there's like forty of the top most emo bands on the planet all playing. It's gonna be fucking awesome. <laughs> You're gonna have a great week. I'm missing Lions Cowboys because of it. I respect. No, no, I'll be watching. I'll be watching Lions Cowboys on Sunday. I'm, it's a I think it's a Friday Saturday thing. I'm only gonna go. We're only going Friday Saturday. I'm gonna get hammered in Vegas and watch yes. the Lions beat up Dallas. They got that big pool sports book. Uh, yeah, circa. circa yeah, circa. Looks like great. Absolutely time. amazing. So you're going to complexity? Is that the rumors in the no, uh, no, no, video no, no, game no. world? No, no. no rumors. No rumors. Oh. no rumors. Our sources are telling us you took a recruiting visit to Complexity. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Mm. Oh, that's only- crazy, man. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I technically did go there and get a tour, but 
Oh, that was a recruiting. That. What are you doing? You're just going to take pictures? White. White. Tim the Tapman's here. White. Oh, that's a he nice wall. He was actually hosting right. an event there, though. He was hosting his Tim the Tapman tailgate where he had a bunch of his subscribers and people fly out. It was a whole event. He had uh, Kane Brown perform there. It was a whole awesome. thing, man. Tim the Tapman, big brain. Tim the Tapman, big brain. That is awesome. So yes, sir. is this a story in the video game world that I should have done more research to, that you joining one of these teams? Nah, because I'm not on one of the teams, so there's nothing to – there's no story here yet, you know? Yeah. Oh. oh, we heard it, didn't we? Yeah. Uh-huh. Dude, I, have a, I have a couple questions for you guys, man. Because um, I love to, I love to hear your thoughts on uh, on the de- upcoming Dallas Lions game. Number one, Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott? Who you great. got? Ninja, great question. You should fucking move into the sports media world. Yes. That's a good one, dude. Think about the conversation that that would start right there. Yeah. That conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the here's the deal, Ninja. And I don't know if you've been following along enough. We take some vitamins and go on air. Unlike what you do, we are unprofessional. <laughs> and we hypothesize about all the situations. Here's what took place. When Dak Prescott was the quarterback, they were relying on his arm because he's so goddamn good. They were slinging it, yep. slinging it, slinging it, slinging it. For the last couple of years, Jerry Jones, who just told Robert Kraft, don't fuck with me, Bob, at the league owners meeting, would come out after games for the Dallas Cowboys and say, we got to run the ball with Zeke. So they get a backup quarterback in there and Cooper Cush, who's an absolute stallion, they start running the ball more. Their offense changes. Now that Dak's coming back after Cooper Cush threw three interceptions last week. Yep. Magically, he gets cleared. Now he's back with the new offense. They're going to be very fucking good. Bad news for the Lions, I believe. AJ, your thoughts? Are you in the same place as me, or do you think the Lions are able to handle it? No, I think it's a pretty similar place. I know you have what the Lions offense is putting up a ton of points, but their defense uh, is giving up a ton of points. But we'll see how they do against that Dallas, uh, that Dallas D. See if Jared Goff can... Find a way to not throw three picks. We yeah. love MCDC, yeah. though, we love Ninja. Yeah. We love Motor City Dan Campbell. Golf's played well this yeah. year, though, man. You should be happy. Yeah, Ninja. be pumped. Listen, man, I'm incredibly, I'm incredibly happy, but I think that I just I have this cloud over my head, man, especially when like you, you start to see the culture change, right? Dan Campbell's an absolute stud, right? You can, you can see the passion in a lot of the players' eyes. Jamal Williams is an incredible freaking, you know, incredible leader of the team. Good love speaker. Him. Uh-huh. Good speaker. Lo- absolutely love him, Dan right? And, and we, we, we pop off. We play against the Eagles, only lose by three, right? Yeah. Goff throws a pick six, pretty much yep. the reason we lose the game. Oh, and oh, and then we, you know, we, we and, and do number one offense, right? Number one scoring offense in the NFL going into the Patriots game, get shut out. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Just like four of our cornerbacks get out by the end of the game. We yeah. have people who have never even ran a, a, a cornerback freaking play in, in, <laughs> in practice. Nailed it, and then. We're getting zapped on. Like, I don't. Zapped on. I don't. Well, you guys went from popping off to zapped on, dude. That's zappy. fucking. Oh, penthouse to zappy, made zappy look like the next Tom Brady, and I didn't like that. Um, His stats say that he might be, though. He was freaking killing it. You guys see him play last week, too? He was throwing lasers. Yes. <laughs> He's zapping all over the place. Yeah. He's just oh. zapping all over the place, man. Anyway, so again, I feel like I, I love the Lions, man, and, and I think that again, at the beginning of this year, I was like, this is it, man. We got Aiden Hutchinson. He's going to freaking destroy Oh, yeah. Oh, and he's just I want to see more. Okay. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Oh, he's he's a young guy. guy. I want to see a little agree. bit more, man. Hey, we got a Lions fan in here that we get to hear these exact thoughts yeah, from a lot. Yeah. His name's Foxy. Foxy, anything to say to fellow Lions no, fan Ninja? Ninja, you're absolutely dialed in. I love your analysis there. And with that being said, I mean, we know how this is going to go. Dak's back finally. Everyone's fired up. He's going to throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns, and the Lions are going to lose. Like You know that's how it's going to go. Ninja, you're 31. Let's it see. seems like you and Foxy have similar lives as Lions fans. <laughs> yeah, it's just mm-hmm. fucking it, it, one year of disappointment after another. Ooh. I'm going to say that 
I have not been impressed with Dak. I mean, listen, well, the the, yeah. the Cowboys were the Cowboys were undefeated when Dak wasn't playing. Am I talking right? Dak plays, loses. Here comes Cooper Rush, puts the team on his back. Yes, they start to develop the running game. You're starting to see Zeke kind of look like old Zeke yeah. a little bit, which is great. Okay. But, dude, I've been watching Dak because I've been watching a lot of Dallas games because my best friend, Tim, he's a huge Dallas fan, man. So I watched, I watched, listen, dude, Dak was playing. Dak was, I was, Uh last couple games last season, bro, right? They were almost like borderline going to make the playoffs. I don't even know if they did. I wasn't paying too much attention after the Lions lost with, you know, a one (laughs) in 16, whatever. Bad. Yeah, you guys are bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not a playoff quarterback, man. I was looking at Dak. He was making some questionable throws. Ninja, Ninja, hold on. There's a specific play I recall, bro. He had all the time in the world, six seconds in the pocket, maybe seven. Perfect, perfect (laughs) protection, right? No pressure in the world. What do you do? And he literally airs out a ball 30, 40 yards and completely misses. I mean, this guy stinks. Dak stinks. This guy stinks. 10 yards over seven. I'm like, dude. And I look at Tim. I'm sitting next to Tim. We're at the bar. We're getting hammered. I look over him and I go, is that your playoff quarterback? This is your guy? <laughs> is he going to miss that? So, oh, no. dude, am I, am I worried about Dak? I mean, he's obviously clear because Cooper threw in three interceptions These because guess picks. what? The Eagles defense was actually good in stopping them, so he had to make some sort of play. Started to actually force to throw the ball. Three interceptions. Cooper, you might not be that guy. But I also don't think it. Dak's that guy. Hey, that's a great take there. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Hey, you're going to be in the well, now, now watch him throw for 400. Wow. <laughs> Maybe. That happens yeah. in this world. Listen, whenever you step into the batter's box and you start taking swings it takes, oh, yeah. you're going to fucking strike out. Whenever you stand in the paint, you're going to get dunked on. It oh, happens yeah. to us every single day. Ninja, I assume you understand what that's like in the world that you're in. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking time and joining us. I uh, can't wait to see you continue it, to man. grow business-wise, personally, and whenever you join uh, Complexity. That'll mm-hmm. be cool. Pumped. <laughs> sure thing, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having <laughs> me. Is that going to happen? I honestly, man, true, truly, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trolling like 99%. What's your joking. deal? Oh. Sorry, man. I thought we were friends. Damn. You just did an entire Dak stinks at football take. And, you know, I hey, thought man. we were real friends. Do you do stuff for the Lions? They bring you in, right? You work for the Lions a little uh, bit? They, they, yeah, they, br- they bring me in for some stuff. Uh, I've, you know, done some, like some fan meetups and stuff like that before the game. Uh, I always have fun over there, man. Ford Field is, uh, it's beautiful. If you haven't been, you should. It's a fantastic field. All right. So, Dak, here's the deal. A guy who works for the Lions just said, do you stink oh, at football? No. Mm-hmm. Is there something to think about in your comeback with your thumb? Cooper Rush. board material. Good luck with everything, man, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, exactly. I appreciate hey, it, you're the best. Keep killing it. Ninja. Yeah! yeah. man who's about to join us is a fan of. This guy had to go to a regional tryout mm-hmm. to make it into a potential workout to become an NFL player. Mm-hmm. What has he done since then? Oh, I don't know. Become a pro bowler. Right. Become a stallion. Right. Become a mogul, building gyms to make other people better. Ladies and gentlemen, Minnesota native, Minnesota Viking. You could see him gritting in the end zone in South Florida just one week ago. Adam Thielen. Yeah. What's up, buddy? Oh, no. Oh, no. You're good to be good. back with you guys. Oh, yeah. Hey, great to have you. Are you a Wild fan? They fucking stink, dude. Sorry about it. They ain't the Pittsburgh Penguins. Never will be. Sorry. 0-3 is not a great start. But, uh, oh, I didn't even know that. Flowers the goal. Long way from Zach. You guys Parisa. got Marc-Andre Fleury? Trade him. Trade him to Pittsburgh, please. Get him out of that Minnesota. You know, I understand high school hockey's big. Sure. Junior B hockey's big in Minnesota and all that stuff. People move from their families to go live with other families to play hockey in Minnesota where you are. Get Marc-Andre Fleury off the fucking wild. Please, Thielen. Can you do that for us? I think we need him. 
Is he even? I didn't see. I don't even know if he's been played yet. This year. <laughs> oh, that's hey, so bad. That's the problem. You guys have you have Marco Andre Fleury on the team. You're not even playing him. Good what lord, what are you doing? I think there's a Minnesota high school hockey doc that people are talking about right now. My yeah, must watch. I can't wait to watch hockey. Is such an incredible sport. And for those people that don't watch our show on a regular basis, we literally tell anybody who cheers for a team that is different than ours in the NHL, that their team fucking stinks. We don't know anything about their team. We just learned that Marc-Andre Fleury doesn't even play. <laughs> learned after telling Thielen that Marc-Andre Fleury <laughs> on uh, is on the team <laughs> yeah. after yelling at him. So please don't take any offense to that. We think everybody's team stinks except for the Pittsburgh Penguins, and everybody in here agrees with that. Well, no, not yeah, true. They're, no, they're no Golden Knights. Well, the Golden really. Knights fucking stink, actually. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. are winning the cup either way, so you guys you know, call your season off. Oh, no. I'm getting reports for the Minnesota Wild hockey team. Mark andre Fleury is 0-2 this season. Oh, fire. Jeez. Get him off that team. You guys are ruining his legacy. You guys. <laughs> Good Lord, Minnesota. You guys losing games. But not winning. So yeah. Same thing. Anyways, Thielen, great to have you here, man. How have you been? How's life? It seems like life is vastly different with Kevin O'Connell as the head coach. He's an offensive-minded guy, has a different vibe. What has it been like from your experience, my brother? Different vibes for sure. Um, winning helps that, uh, whether you, whoever you have as head coach. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I've said this a lot, you know, through the offseason, but I just feel like we're set up to handle adversity with the coaching staff, the, the people that they put in leadership positions in our organization. You know, just being able to handle adversity is, is huge, right? Because everyone's going to face it throughout the season. Um, you know, personally, and then obviously as a team. So being able to uh, handle that adversity and being able to set up for that, um, I think is going to prove big for us this season. Why do you think that is? Is it just you guys have great communication between, like, front office coaches, players, everything? Obviously the culture seems to be going very, very well in O'Connell's short tenure he's, that he's been there. But cool, is it, what, what can you say? Like, what's the reason for that? I think it's it's leadership from from all the big key leadership positions, whether that be the head of performance, the coach, the, the athletic trainer, the head coach, the GM. There's just so, such good communication and leadership in all those positions. Um, those are the the areas that you gotta have that uh, to handle you know failure or to handle some of, of that adversity. So um, it's a really cool feeling because it's never really necessarily the communication hasn't always been there in this organization. So to have that kind of everybody on the same page, kind of working together to for the common goal. Uh, at the end of the day, everybody wants to win, right? Uh, no matter uh, how the organization organization is structured, like everybody wants to win. But when you actually all come together and work together to try to put the best foot forward, um, you can really tell a difference. And you don't have to bury anybody to put other people over. It seems like this new regime is doing a fantastic job and the results are proving as such. But, you know, I think the leadership of the new GM was questioned by me and a lot of people first day of training camp. Whenever he's asked about Kirk Cousins and he says, like, yeah, we don't have, like, Pat Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or anything like that. And I don't think he meant any negativity out of that. But a GM first time doing that, saying something like that about the quarterback that just got another deal on the first day of training camp made us all go, oh, the Vikings fucked it up again. (laughs) But instead, I think the recovery from that and the bounce back from that from the GM, from the coach, and from Kirk has been unified forces and an incredible you know, effort of a brand new Kirk Cousins almost. I'm happy for everybody over there, but I'm happy for fucking Kirk Cousins. I'm seeing Lil Kirko. I'm seeing Kirky. I'm seeing Burke. Cousins on plane rides home with four chains on. What have you noticed that's different about Kirk Cousins this season as opposed to maybe last year or the year before with the Minnesota Vikings? 
Yeah, I think I think him just being able to be himself and to be able to just go out there and let it fly and and uh, you know he's always going to be that guy that that prepares you know harder than anybody else uh, that's going to know the game the game plan and and kind of what the coaches are expecting out of him better than anybody else out there. Um, but I think when it's he has the ability to just kind of be himself and not worry about hey I have to do this or or I'm expected to do this to help this team win you know and he can just go out there and. And, and really just, just be able to go out there and play free, which I just feel like he hasn't been able to do uh, since he's been here in Minnesota. Um, I think it's just been a game changer. And, and he'll admit it, uh, well, we all will admit it, that we haven't played our best football in offense. Um, and that's a good feeling when you're 5-1 and, one and, and really haven't even come close to reaching our full potential as an offense, which, again, is, is really exciting. You guys have enough weapons to go on a run. Everybody that's watching your team play is like, even if you're saying you guys haven't put it together yet, hilarious. Uh, none, was it, didn't old buddy have like 180 yards in the first half a couple weeks ago? And, uh, and, and, and then Dalvin sure. Cook had two tuds uh, in one half. Kirk I mean, started 17 for 17. And I know we haven't really been able to put it together on your offensive side of the ball. You should see these other teams and fucking Thielen that yeah. are watching on primetime games. But nonetheless, you look at your team, you guys have enough weapons, I think, to go deep because, you know, I don't. Injuries happen at, at points of the season in the NFL. They always have. They always will. That's the nature of the beast. You guys seem to be a very complete roster right now. And Kevin O'Connell sounds like he's the guy for the job. I can't wait to watch you guys continue to grow. Go ahead, Darius. It was a lot of talk. What's up, Thielen? It was a lot of What's talks. Uh... You guys know each other? Oh, yeah. You guys know each other? Remember he knocks me out? Oh, oh, that's right. Here helmet the helmet. Right. Oh, yeah, I remember that. He's been that. banging out thousand yard season since, man. So shout out, shout out to you, man. But the vibes were high uh, down there in Miami. Obviously, a lot of South Florida guys on that team. But uh, a lot of talk about the difference in temperatures on the sideline. How much, how much uh, of effect did that have on you guys, if any? Yeah, you know, I think I think we were prepared mentally and physically for it. You know, we talked about it all week, uh, the different things that we were doing to try to prepare for it. Uh, they told us to go in the sauna every day. <laughs> I'm a big sauna guy myself, so I was already in there. But I feel like that that did make a difference. But yeah, there was definitely. I think there was a a picture of the the temperature on our sideline was like 110 20. degrees, and it was 80 degrees on their sideline. So uh, obviously, a big difference. We had a. Uh, I think we rented maybe um, benches that had air conditioning in it, uh, so that helped. And then uh, there, there was I felt bad, but there was guys every time we got on the sideline that were holding up, literally holding up uh, shade for us, which, which I feel bad for those guys. But a few times I was sitting on the bench and the guys were holding the shade. It wasn't hitting me, so I was actually still in the sun. <laughs> Getting roasted. And but then, but uh, then you got to go, excuse me, move the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. You're a terrible guy for doing that because that person's doing a job that they did not sign up for mm-hmm. that is not fun at all. They're sitting in the sun, cooking in the sun, holding up shade for other people. You're not in the shade, though. How do you approach them and tell them, hey, fucking put me in the shade? That's an interesting predicament that you're having. Yeah, I just, I just took the L. <laughs> oh, yes. He didn't even want to say it to the guy. Yeah, I understand. That's a hilarious situation. It was 120 degrees on your sideline, I believe. Oh, there we go. 120, and they were at 90. I mean, that 120. That's hot. <laughs> that is a sauna. That was the right play yeah, by everybody. good architect right there. It is. I know. It was, uh, it was, like you said, it was good that I was in the sauna because I was used to that 120 just sitting there baking. Go ahead, AJ. I, I want to ask you about your route running now. From when you got to the league until now, like how how may have that changed, or how much more do you know now and pay attention to it? Because watching you run routes, like it's the thing of beauty. It's like 
it's like artwork watching great wideouts with their release and how they they set uh, DBs up and everything and help out their quarterbacks. Like from when you got in the league until now, I guess how how has that changed for you? Yeah, I think it just it's experience is is kind of the biggest thing. You know, there's things that I've tried in the past, uh, maybe that didn't work. So you know, I kind of throw that out, and then there's things that I'll kind of add from watching other guys, you know, uh, watching Devontae, some of his releases, watching Justin that I get to see him every single day, just some of the stuff he's able to do at the top of his routes and and uh, to be able to set certain stuff up. Um, I think it just comes with experience and, and trial and error, really. There's just so many things that you're just, uh, you're trying out and then and then you see if it works, and if it works, you keep doing it. Um, runs good routes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Has good hands. Right. Mm-hmm. First one in, last one out. Yep. Uh, lunch pail to work type of guy. Yeah, coach's crafty. son. Uh, crafty, okay. crafty mm-hmm. athlete. Adam Thielen. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's Adam Thielen. I'm happy we can describe you a little bit like that. You mentioned him there whenever you were talking about learning from him every single day. Justin Jefferson, ever since the day he stepped foot onto the Minnesota Vikings universe, you were putting him over talking about how hard he works, how good he is, how great of a teammate he is. I saw you had two chains on the other day. He had sunglasses, a big grill, and a chain on, or a couple chains on. What is your relationship like with him, and what has it been like watching him kind of just not only transcend the ranks in football, but also transcend the entire you know pop culture world? That guy is a megastar now, and he still continues to get better on the field. What has it been like to see from behind the scenes as a guy that's always been very supportive? Yeah, it's been it's been cool to see. Like you said, uh, from the minute he was in here uh, in our building, just being able to see uh, the way that he approached the game, the way that he um, treats people. Um, so, you know, he's not only a, an unbelievable superstar football player, uh, but off the field, he's a great teammate. He's a great leader. Uh, he does things the right way. And, and those are the guys you cheer for, right? When you're in that locker room and you see guys doing things the right way, treating people with respect, whether it be other teammates or, or staff, um, those are the guys you cheer for. And those are the guys you want to have success. And, and he's one of those guys. And, um, you know, you're, you're thankful when you get to be in a room with a guy like that because, um, you're spending so much time with them. You know, you're, you're in that locker room. Uh, you're in every single meeting together. It's, it's tough if you're not with guys that are, are good people and that, that want to be great and, and put in the time. So uh, definitely thankful to be in that, in that room with him. Yeah, he's fun to watch, as are you. And that's what we're talking about with the amount of weapons to go the distance. He seems to be a number changer. And then that, you know, might be a little thing that uh, benefits old Adam Thielen down there yeah. in the stretch. We shall see. Can't wait to watch you get back to hopefully some big primetime games in December. Ty Schmidt, your question for Adam Thielen. Yeah, Adam, you mentioned how it feels like you guys are just kind of ready to to like face adversity this year. And as a Packers fan, at least, it seems like a lot of the games that you guys have won this year, like in years past, that might be games where, you know, things kind of end up getting away from you and you lose them. Do you think – that's more a product of kind of you guys all just maturing and, and being, you know, in the league longer. Is it the coaching staff and everyone kind of getting you ready? And is that why you guys feel like this is a team that can make a Super Bowl run? Yeah, I think it's a mix of everything. I think uh, it also add in there maybe some confidence building. You know, when you do have a game that's not going your way and, and you know, uh, maybe you have some uh, plays down the stress, you're like, oh, man, here we go again. But when you're able to kind of flip that script and you're able to go, you know, drive the ball down 17 play drive to go down and score and actually win rather than just kick a field goal and give them an opportunity to kick a field goal. Those are the those are the situations that give you confidence. And then you kind of go to the next game like, hey, like whatever we're facing as far as adversity through this game, we're going to find a way to overcome it. 
and we're just going to find a way to win. I think in the in the Miami game, we had like eight straight three and outs, which is is not not good, right? And uh, is probably a recipe for a loss. But then, Your you know, we just kept awesome. pushing. We kept finding a way, and we go score 24 points. So, uh, obviously, our defense played super well and, and was the reason why we won that game, and special teams as well. So, uh, thankful for that. But mm-hmm. complimentary football is is a heck of a thing as well. Let's talk about Ryan Wright. Huh? He just fucking demolishes footballs. Has it been like that in practice? And still, I know you do a little bit of returning probably in practice. You go out and catch some balls. He, it's different from him or what? It is. I was. Uh, it's funny you say that because I was watching uh, the other day in practice, just the punt period, and we were in the indoor because uh, it's, it's getting a little chilly here in Minnesota. Uh, but uh, we were in the indoor, and he was blasting the ball. I mean, I'm telling you, it was like literally scraping the ceiling. Which I think they built those uh, our new indoor facility so no one could hit the top. Uh, but uh, it was pretty impressive, and I'm like, I, I mean, it, I've never seen anything like that from a punt. Uh, he's obviously got a ton of talent. He's a young guy that uh, has a lot of confidence right now, which which obviously we're going to need moving forward. And obviously won the NFC Player of the Week, which uh, I was pretty pumped about. Um, and happy for him as a as a rookie to win that award is pretty special. Hell yeah, Ryan! Right, keep it going, keep bombing, pal. Connor, your question for Adam Thielen. Yeah, Adam, you and the Vikings have beaten damn near every team in this you know, offices, fanhood, basically, this season. Uh, it's one thing to beat him on the field, but that little fucker, Victor the Viking, <laughs> won't shut up on the internet and talk shit. Uh, does he talk as much shit on the sidelines to the other team as well, or is that kind of a strictly internet thing because mascots can't actually speak? Oh, Twitter fingers, you're saying. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he got some Twitter fingers, I guess, which which I, I like. I like a little dog, you know. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think on the field, you know, I'm, I'm guessing he'll show up with some chains maybe, uh, starting here next week, but, uh, and then he'll just kind of be, uh, in the face of the opponents, which will be good. I, I, I'm a big fan of Victor the Viking. Yeah. I'm a big, now I don't know about Ragnall. Was that the original? Right. Yeah. On the motorcycle. Yeah. The, the big hairy. Yeah. No, sure. The, the good mascot. What'd you say, Thielen? And I like, do you, do you know the story of why he's not around anymore? Yeah, he said he wanted more money. Give me more money. And they said, we'll just make a cartoon version of you, pal. <laughs> right? Is that what happened? That is, and I, I think that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he's a high school principal, and he's like, hey, if you guys want me, like, I got all this leverage, like, uh, you better pay me. And they're like, well, see you later. <laughs> hey, business is business. Have you heard about what's going on at the NFL? Have you heard about any of these league meetings, conversations that are happening? It's a madhouse, right? I assume you're locked in on Vikings football, but as people that have been around the NFL for a while and players would be interested in this, it seems like there's a little bit of a crack at ownership. You know, normally it's 31 votes to nothing or whatever. This particular thing, there's a lot of shit coming out right now, Thielen. It's a wild time in the NFL, pal. Yeah, I, I've, I've seen a few things, but uh, uh, I usually kind of just stay out of that, but uh, it is kind of, it is definitely a wild time in the NFL, but I think I think business is booming though, so I think they're doing okay. Yeah, I think it's going to continue to do so, especially <laughs> with guys like you who you know show up every day ready to work hard. That's mm-hmm. right. Who are sneaky athletes yeah, out there? Sure. First one in. Aren't, aren't scared to grind, nose to the grindstone. That's right. right. Running great routes every single day. We appreciate the hell out of you, Thielen. Great to see you again, man. I got to tell you one story before I leave. So yeah. so along those lines. I had a coach come up to me one time, and uh, he was our head coach, and I'm not going to name names, but he came up to me, and he just stood by me, and he goes, I just don't get it. 
I, I just don't get it. I'm like, what are you talking about, coach? He's like, I don't get how you're good. I just don't get how you're good. <laughs> and I kind of was like, uh, is that a compliment or, or what's going on here? But anyways, I thought that was a, a good story uh, just kind of following that up. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> and you are not just good, fucking really fucking good. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam Thielen. Every single week this season, we have gotten better as football people because we have segments that teach us how certain things are supposed to go in different positions around the NFL. Now we get a chance to do that with A.Q. Shipley in the offensive line, which I feel like has benefited all of our lives greatly yeah. and in all of our gambling mm-hmm. greatly. Chuck Pagano takes us into the team meeting room to see what each team's probably saying for those Thursday night football games. And every single Wednesday, we get an opportunity to learn about the back end of a defense, the secondary, the ins and outs of why and how the greatest athletes on a football field are doing what they do. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Everything DB with Darius Butler. So let's go. Hopefully I can follow up that great uh, great job. AQ did yesterday in the trenches. Love watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have that? Gra- hey, there we go. We got a graphic today. Okay. All right, because I don't know how much the young guys are hearing this, right? A lot of young players playing early in the game. And sometimes you need to just hear it from an older player. So I'm going to be here to tell you what it means. There's something you hear in the building. You used to hear it all the time. Hey, be a pro, be a pro. Obviously, being on time, showing up, preparing, all those different things. Sure. But just for the young guys, man, get in the building an hour before your first meet, right? A lot of guys, you got to get in there. You got a 7.30 meeting, 8 o'clock. Get in there an hour before, get some treatment, just be there so you're not rushing, riding on two wheels trying to get in there. Show yeah. face. Yeah, also, yeah. so I, I wasn't the first in the building, last guy out, like, that's bullshit. You can get shit done at home, iPads, all that stuff. But it is something to get in there early and being there on time. That so, last guy out's wasting a lot of time, huh, D-Buck? Yeah, wasting a whole bunch of time just being the last guy. You know, leaving the meet room open, you know, when you're watching films, somebody walks yep. by, see, that's bullshit. And first one in, probably losing some rest. Yeah, first, yeah, get your sleep, all that stuff. So get in there an hour before your first meeting. Then after, you know, obviously if you need some treatment, get some treatment done, cold tub, hot tub, do your thing. But get home, right? Get home. If you got a family, if you're older, you got a family, get home, spend some time with your family, put your kids to bed, do whatever, decompress. Some of the young guys, maybe you go and play video games, right? Don't do it for five, six hours, but go home, play uh, for a little while. And then at some point, get at least your 30 minutes in. Some guys, now if you're a grinder, if you're a film guy, which some guys are, you may watch a couple hours. Some guys, you only may need 30 minutes, you know, do some self-scout, maybe watch yourself, watch that practice, get prepared for what's going on for that next morning's meeting. So build an hour before your first meeting, get home, decompress, and then after, at some point, it could be on the shitter, it could be at any point, get at least 30 minutes of studying in, and that should uh, get you ready to be a pro. Hey, that first one and the uh, last one, yep. although I think you are naturally going to get better if you're there an hour earlier. I wasn't like this at the beginning of my career mm-hmm. either. I was rushing in, yeah, and then same, as, I, as I got older, I was running. Just like the com- showing your face. Yeah. You're just showing yeah. your face. Who knows what the conversation you might get into that's going to make you a better teammate, yeah. maybe a better person, and maybe better for that week. You have no idea who you're going to run into. I just think being around yep. is a good thing. Even if you think you got it all figured out and don't need it, being around is always a good thing. In the 30 minutes of studying, you're also <laughs> showing face because they track fucking everything mm-hmm. you do on your iPad. Like, I think that is a big part of it, just yeah. showing up almost yeah. is a massive part of it this is good you, you're worried about these younger guys potentially oh uh, yeah i think that's a big the, the bigger reason why we're not seeing a lot of good football being played is attention to detail that's that's everything in mm-hmm. national football you hear it all the time it's a mental game between the ears everybody's physically gifted um obviously athletes are getting bigger uh, stronger faster 
But as far as thinking the game through, being prepared pre-snap, uh, that comes from, you know, being in the building when you need to be and then getting your own study time in to prepare. You know, be a pro, right? Because now it's not like college where you're just going in there and you're just all ears for the meeting. Like, these should be conversations that are being had in meeting rooms throughout the week. So I think um, a lot of that is what's going on. A lot of bad football is being played because, you know, guys just aren't bringing. And there's a lot of things that's taking our attention now, right? Video games, phones, social right. media, all these different things. So it's tough. When you do leave that building, you may be like, you know, fuck it, which is cool. But at least get 30 minutes in. How much film do you guys watch, like, during me like in your meetings? Like, when it, whether it's position group or just, like, defense, offense, special teams? So that's the thing. When you're in a meeting, it's, it's, and guys are spending less time in the building now. And when you're watching film, typically – um, you know, pre before you go into practice, you're going over your installs of what you plan to do that week, and you're watching some cut-ups from that opponent. And then after practice, you're really just watching the practice together. And then whoever's on the film is getting, you know, you're getting corrected. And during the week, only the, one, the ones are getting most of the reps, right? The, the backups, they're getting a lot of scout team reps. But during the week, the ones are getting reps. So if you're not really paying attention, if you're not really getting those mental reps, Sunday comes, a guy turns an ankle first quarter, now you're out there and you're expected to make those same calls. You're expected to know when that guy goes from a pro set to a slot set that we're going from cover six to cover three. But if you haven't been paying attention, all you've been doing is looking at cars all week playing scout team, you're not going to be prepared. And that's injuries happen. AJ, how much film for you? How about for you? How much film do you watch? I don't know. It alters, but I, it would change depending on the week. But I think Debut just saying, like, get 30 minutes in each night, like, it's good to put, like, an attainable real goal. If you said you got to be watching two hours of film every night at home, no, that's not, like, there's a lot of nights where that's not going to be be possible. So I think, yeah, those 30 minutes, that builds. Every, you do that every single day and you're consistent with oh, it. Yeah. Some days it might be an hour or two, but all that time builds in 30 minutes and 30 minutes. It, it adds up over the course of the season. For sure. And every day we've got something different. So Wednesday is going to be first and second down. Thursdays, for at least when I was playing, was third down, right? It's a third down focus. So maybe that Wednesday night you're watching all a bunch of third down stuff. And then Friday you got your short yardage, goal line, and bread area. And then uh, Saturday, you know, mock games. You're so. investing in yourself. You're investing. This is your profession. Like uh, fucking Ninja said, hey, man, come on. Come on, man. You're a grown man. Exactly. You know? oh, yeah. But uh, all right, let's get to the film. Hey, I think that was a good message, D-Bot. Hey, man, I hope somebody That was a good it. message. And people can do that in their jobs, too. Absolutely. Now, this guy right here, a rookie, right? And it's a lot of rookies playing at a high, high level. And this is probably the toughest position, in my opinion, to play cornerback. You can tell, I, watching his film, you can tell he studies. You can tell he's been coached well throughout his career. Um, something we've kind of talked about all the time uh, since we've been doing this everything DB thing and coverage, his own coverage. Who are we looking for, Tone? Where is? Number three. Number three. Where is number three? So we got one, two. We got one, two. And number three is here. It's the back here. But uh, Aaron Rodgers' Green Bay offense does something right here to affect this coverage right before the snap. They're going to move three because Aaron Rodgers knows how defenses are constructed. So once they move three, pause it. So now he knows he's going with three. Moses going out there with three. Now Tunyon, his job is to cross face on whoever's guarding him. And then we're going to get the slant backside. Nine times out of ten, this guy's going to be outside leverage. Big body, Alan Lazard. You throw that slant, put on the body. It's a completion. Not with sauce. Great technique. Open up to take away the fade ball. And then got back square, collision him. <clears throat> Tight throw. This is the first pass of the game. So this is setting the tone for your defense. Rookie out there on an island. You draft the guy top five for a reason. He's been lights out, not only physically, but you can tell mentally he prepares and studies the game. Do you think Aaron did one of these? Rookie. 
right here with our guy? Or do you think Sauce has enough tape already that Aaron had massive respect? This just so happened to be on an island. I got to take a shot here. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is regardless of who this corner is. Like, this is a tough, this is a tough route. This is a slant route by a good receiver, a big body receiver. Usually you put this on his numbers and it's a catch. Like, this is a really, really good physical NFL rep from uh, Sauce Gardner here. And it's not like a highlight that'll show up on, you know, Sports Center top 10. But first pass of the game, now I think this got him in the 39 or something like that. So and that's a big, that's a competitive rep right there. That's an NFL rep. Sauce mm. has proven to be worth Sauce every is, single draw. Yeah, yeah. He is legit. Tariq Woolen out in um, Seattle, Jack Jones in New England. Like these young guys oh, yeah. uh, are playing high-level football. Is Stingley up there? Because he Sting- was the first corner, right? Mm-hmm. Stingley's playing well, but th- these guys are on a different level. They're, they're playing on a different level. And this defense, man, the more you watch this defense with, with Salah, it starts up front. I heard A-Rod talking about him. Uh, yesterday, like these, these aren't the same old Jets. All right, Gary V. He got a bunch, bunch of receipts right Motherfucker. now. Motherfucker, they look a lot like that San Fran defense. <laughs> like a year or two ago, it was like they had the worst secondary, right? Like yep. they were playing like six, seven round rookies. Yep, and and what helps secondary is the guys up front. These these dudes are violent, they're physical, and they change the line of scrimmage a lot. This is a pass to play, play action. Um, so you'll see Jordan Whitehead here. He's going to come down, kind of bite on that play action, which he's a run gap. This is an eight-man box, one, two, three, four. And you got the other four up here. Cover three on the back end. Once again, patience, vision from this guy. Because this, a lot of times what will happen with this play action, with this number one receiver, he'll come out, he'll react to that, and then this tight end will end up running wide open. You can let it play, and then we're going to run this back from the top. So great vision, great awareness. Now, he, uh, A-Rod actually makes a special throw here. But, you know, Dobbs, maybe next year, once he gets a little more rapport with 12, he'll catch this. But this is a tough throw. And obviously, there's a lot of space for him to run. Defense wasn't really uh, worried about him running here. But this is great. Watch, every, watch all four of these guys kind of react to the play action. Rewind it. React to the play action. Everybody's going to come up, react to the play action, and then immediately flip their hips and kind of almost know the route combination that's coming behind them, right? So play action. Everybody's biting up now. Now watch, watch all four of these guys probably two steps after this play action. Now everybody's open, and he's in that passing lane, he's in that passing lane, and he's, when you have a boot or a rollout, whatever your zone is, that zone is going to move. So if I'm going to cover two corner or cover three safety in a curl flat, my flat moves, right? It pushes to this sideline, and everything out here kind of has to move with it. So as A-Rod rolls out here, you'll see everybody just keep standing those windows, and then Dobbs eventually stops and kind of goes back the other way. He makes a throw across his body. It'll be a tough catch, but that's great defense. Once again, something that's not going to show up on highlights, but this is showing that it's a well-coached, obviously very talented defense. AJ, they seem to know their fucking shit there, huh? That's a prepared team as well, it looks like. Yeah, if you run that, if you run it from the top, Patty, you you should highlight Mosley up there. You know where Mosley is? The right inside backer? He just, yeah, like, they obviously got a really quick run-pass read here, which is Mm -hmm. nice. You can read the lineman there. But watch him. Yeah, you're right. Good hips. Opens up. Boom. He feels this route behind him. And then he even, like, has to go plaster towards the end. Like, just yep. a hell of a play. And then he play. Yeah, and that's a receiver, right? He's plastering on. Yeah. So, it's a tough Now, like, he has to turn around and still, yeah. like, oh, man, this play's still going. Yeah. And that's uh, first, it's first and ten. You got uh, 12 personnel. Mercedes Lewis on the field. So, you're, you know, that's a run. 
that's a run set. Like you're expecting this, this could be a run or pass. You're expecting a run set. 12's under center. So this is a good job, good eyes. He's obviously flying down there to fill his run responsibility. And then he gets out. Whitehead was a good signing uh, coming over from uh, Tampa, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's just a great rep all around defensively. Man, you know, Aaron said yesterday, this ain't the same old Jets. Ain't the nope. same old Jets. <laughs> this is some elite level shit here, right? Well, it's just good. Good. I mean, just that's good, an easy first down normally. Just good, disciplined football. You'll see guys, um, you know, just bite up there, just react slowly, or just kind of panic once they bite up and, and on the play action. But these guys. Everybody, because they have run responsibility, right? Those are primary run defenders if you're in that eight-man box. The only secondary run defenders are those three deep, the corner, the safety, and the corner down the bottom. And you saw uh, Sauce, uh, he had no reaction to the run fade, because, as he should. He's a second-level defender. He saw the tight end, which was deep route. He was in great position. A lot of times that route will come open more times than not, because that corner is thinking, too. First down, first and ten, big bodies out there probably a pass and then once you get to play action a lot of times that curl flat defender isn't really if you rewind it to the top this defender won't be in as good a position and he's you know he's kind of in he's kind of hidden in there so this guy it can get lost but that's great vision and if you go around it all the way to the top real quick if this is the play look at sauce already with his hips open yeah he, like, like he this sees is just, so just, early. just patient just vision and you see this from week one they play ravens week one he, he made a play. Yes. He made a, a, a Flacco, play like this. Flacco revenge game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he yeah. made a play that was it was down the field and inside the field against uh, Mark That's Andrews, and it was always one looking of, at the quarterback yeah, too. Sauces. Yep, yeah, it was one of those great vision type plays. So I'm more excited to watch him continue to grow and, and be one of the best corners and in the league. Six games into his NFL career. Yeah. He's already been yep. on here like yeah. two Well, and that's what, like, Rodgers habitually will torch rookie corners, oh, yeah. especially at home, and Sauce was just, like, he couldn't get anything yeah. on him all day. So, Sertain, Sauce. Mm. Uh, Tariq Woolen. Woolen. He's, he's four, 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 yeah, four weeks in a row where he's had a pick. Um, Jack Jones. Jack Jones oh, yeah. has, has had a, a, a great start to his career. Yep. A lot of young guys coming in and playing uh, cornerback. Jeez, but a high level, it felt like that's like super high yeah, level that's, football. That's, right? that's good coaching. <clears throat> that's good coaching as well. Um, another another corner, Kair uh, Elam. I know his pops will. Um, Jason? Kicker? Uh, no, yeah. Abe, Abe, no? Oh, I thought Jason <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, Abe <laughs> But uh, this, this whole Bills secondary played lights out. Teron Johnson obviously ended the game. Elam was sticky all day. And this is – let this play and, – and Vaughn. This is why they brought Vaughn over here, right? Watch this uh, pass rush move from Vaughn Miller. Like, he, he's going to dip rip. And they had this Milano. He was a spy on uh, Patrick Mahomes because that's where he really kills you when he escapes that pocket. So they were working in tandem all evening, all afternoon. And then they were sticky on the back end. They ran a lot of combo coverages. So it wasn't like, hey, cover two, just cover three, cover four. Like, pause it right here. Like, we got sticky man coverage. You're out there on MVS by yourself, no help. You're on Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey. Then we got a safety over the top helping you out so you can kind of play underneath. We got a body in here. So you just got bodies moving around. And Patrick, it's, it's tough to get a kind of a beat on that type of defense. And then you got a guy like here, uh, a guy like here, Von Miller, who you don't have much time to figure it out when he's yeah. out there one-on-one. Pass yeah. rush, big yeah. part of pass so we, coverage. Yeah, we watch it again. Just watch. Look just just watch his pass rush. Kidding yeah. me? Just watch his pass rush right here. Just right <laughs> shoulder. Bam. Right dip, See ya. Rip, and now boom. Is there a reason why they're not doubling him? Yeah, chip with the game. Yeah, like, but because this Good was the question. third down to get the ball back for the Bills. Yeah. In the fourth quarter. I mean, you even got this guy on this side. Yeah. Why? 
I don't know why they wouldn't double him, but you only got they chipped the other got, guy. Yeah, they only got three guys rushing really. You got Milano, he's waiting to trigger. So that's a great job up front, and then on the back end, it's tight coverage. You got good good coverage on Kelsey. You got Poria moving around. You got him moving around. You got Elam outside locking up MVS, who's obviously a big uh big speed guy out there. But um, great job, great game plan from Leslie Frazier, and great job executing it by this defense. Now this is the last play defensively for the Bills. So once again, a combo coverage. So you got a man concept on top. So he's going to be man-to-man up here. He's man-to-man here. He's in the deep half. And then you got, like, cover two down here. Is my mic going or not? Yeah, yeah, you're good. All right. So we got a cover two down here, like a true zone down here, and then a matchier man up here. So once – and then once again, you got the same thing going on with Von Miller and Milano. He's going to drop out and be that spy waiting for – him to trigger to break the pocket and he's just going to go and then he's going to actually instead of going outside like he did last time now he's going to dip inside on this pass rush move so we can watch the pass rush Ooh. first with these two guys and then we'll get to the coverage a little bit oh so now he's splitting it boom and then pat mahomes kind of panics right before the throw and this is an unbelievable play from teron johnson right here who's one of the better more instinctive nickelbacks in the league so he's got vision pause it or run it back a little bit He's got vision the entire time. So once again, I think Mahomes looks here first. He looks to this side first, and he sees man matches mm-hmm. first, right? So run it for like a couple seconds. So boom, get, pause it. So he's going to look up top. He's going to see man matches. So he's probably expecting matches all across the field. He's, gonna, he's opening up. He's a cover two corner with vision on the quarterback. He's a hook curl defender with vision on the quarterback. And then these guys are playing cover two as well. So as he kind of drops back into his drop vision right here, he's going to actually jump this guy more crosser coming all the way. He's going to be outside leverage chasing it. Oh, he never sees it. Spy in his face, triggering Von Miller doing his thing. That's exactly why they brought 40 over to close out these type of games for him. So they do their job up front. Mahomes off the back foot has to throw it at this point. And then Teron Johnson makes an excellent play. I mean, look at that play. Look at that pick from the slide. Don't get any better than that. Oh, man, good jump there, huh? That's game time, baby. Hey, these people uh, seem to be glued to the wide receiver in all your highlights. Is that normal? I feel like we see guys after long plays, like the little separation. This year, is there more stickiness, it seems like, between corner and wide receiver than normal, or are we just seeing it more here because we're doing Yeah, probably because I'm, yeah, I'm highlighting the So good, this is normal, this, yeah, a lot this, of this. Yeah, this is a lot of good good defensive plays. You'll definitely see some, <laughs> some games where uh, DBs are cutting it loose. But for some reason, it seems like the defense is having a little edge right now. Uh, and I don't know if, if offenses will adjust and figure that out as the season goes on. Um, but I see, you know, defense are even getting away with more, you know, contact down the field that refs aren't calling, which I have no problem with. We but, love uh, that. Yeah, I like it. It's good defense. We love that call. Love that. Oh, yeah, I love that. Is that super advanced, like doing half the field man, the other half zone? Because it feels like we don't see that all oh, that yeah, often. Quarter, quarter, half. Yeah, I, 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 I wasn't a fan of it, a big fan of it, uh, especially if you got moving parts. And Buffalo has had moving parts. They've had guys in and out of the lineup. But that – lets you know how great their coaching is with Leslie Frazier mm-hmm. and Cole. Because you got to have smart players to be able to do that. Because when you split that field in half and they got some man shit going over there and we have our zone stuff going on over here, that can get, uh, that can get cloudy. So, yeah, so the, the coverage is split in half at this point. They're, they have – we used to say, hey, we're going to deal with our issues up here. You guys deal with your issues here. How did you feel about that, uh, those type of defenses, AJ? I got – that's a, I have a good question for you there. If I'm up there on the man side – 
and my guy runs across the field to the zone side. A lot of times in defenses I played, we didn't. We had to let him go to the zone side and almost like zone off or look up somebody else. They're not doing that here. Is that something you ever did? No, this, yeah, same way. When you, you would let him go to that zone side, but this was probably game plan specific. Yeah, where they're like, hey, this is what they. This is the type of shit they like to do. So we're gonna chase, and then you guys. I mean, this is this look is at some, Johnson there in the slot. The guy got the pick. Uh, the pick, Pat, right there. Like you watch him drop to square eyes on the quarterback. He never he his he finishes his drop like a yard before the sticks too. Like players that are dumb, they'll drop back like and they'll be a yard and a half behind the sticks, yeah. which is stupid because the guy will turn around and catch the ball. So sticks are right here, yep, right there on the forty yard line. He's settling right there. He's got vision as well. Jeez. So either one of these guys that play. Mahomes threw it to, it would have been picked, either from 47 or 7. So that's great uh, communication, great execution. And then you got a game changer, a math changer up here with Von Miller and, um, you know, Matt Milano doing his thing, uh, spying. Von's a guy, huh? Yeah. Von's a dude. Freak. Got the ball back from him. 100 and what? 100 and how money? Much, how much they pay him? Money well spent. 120. They've years. already got that back. Yeah. Money well spent. That, that, they brought the playoffs are what matters. Yeah, exactly. So that when they – Face each other again like we all assume they will. That's what you brought 40 uh, in the building. But there's nobody in the Bills Mafia saying, we overpaid Vaughn. No. No, no. Like, you show up, you immediately become a game wrecker. That is such a good way to get paid. Yeah. Get paid, change games. Mm-hmm. And there isn't even a conversation, oh, we overpaid this whole thing. It's like, nope, immediately, night one, yep. changing this entire thing around. Everybody, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Feels like because of that game, that's why the Chiefs are going to be like, all right, fuck this. Let's bring in Odell right now. And let's, you know, make sure next time we play. $3.455 million open in cap space. What does that mean? You tell did me. something. They did something. I like it. Uh, third and nine. Big moment in this game. So, uh, once again, another thing that was that's game plan specific. Obviously, a lot of dogs out here on defense up front and in the secondary. This secondary has been on here a few times as well for good reason. Um, on here, third and nine. So, great coaching, right? You got Darius Slay, who I would say is the best corner in the league this year. Patrick Sertain right there behind him. And James Bradbury, I mean, he's in that conversation as well with how he's been playing. But even still, third and nine, I think this is Gallup down here. He's going to get help, actually. It's going to be two men. So he's going to be underneath, inside. He's got a safety over the top. And then up top here, this is uh, C.D. Lamb. So they're actually going to double-team him as well. And then they leave these other two receivers one-on-one. Like, hey, this is is where you earn your money. You guys got to wear the hat. You guys got the tough down. We're going to double their top two targets. And then once again, something that's been, you already see him online. He's a full yard inside, right? You got a wide split. Uh, D. Slay is a full yard inside and playing two men, especially young corners. Like you want to create like that separation. So, oh, Connor, if I'm an underneath mm-hmm. defender, right? Like, like this, this, like this is up. this is where I want to be as a, as a cornerback, right? And when he goes and breaks, slide that. Now I want to be. In between him and the quarterback, right? Kind of like basketball ball, you man. Undercut, get that. Pick. Yeah, you want to yeah. be undercut. A lot of people, you kind of, you, you don't, because you're not used to as a corner being beat. You're not used to giving up that separation. But it's good to be patient. Give yourself at least that arm's length so that once he go, you can react. And you'll see D. Slay here. He kind of anticipates this in route, and he's going to run the route, pick this ball off. So you see him pause. So you see him slow. Now he he knows right now. This is third and nine. He knows right now, okay, this is a break area, right? Let me anticipate this break. Once again, double team up here. He's outside leverage. He's inside leverage. These guys are one-on-one. You got your safety deep up top, and he's undercutting his route. And something we'll be talking about all year with Slay. And now he knows, okay, get my head back around and make a play. What's his name? Did the same thing for the Colts against the Broncos. 
Stephon Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yeah, that was the last play of the game. Yep. yep. And that was in the red area, post route. Once again, a veteran corner. He knows let's not give up this inside breaking route. And also in Gilmore's instance, you don't have a lot of field to cover. And right? also they're not, you know, paying Cooper Cush two hundred sixty million dollars. Well, okay. but also like, let's go back to the coverage as opposed to burying Cooper Cush. Jeez. No, hey, he's, he's, he earned two hundred sixty million. Damn right, he earned a lot of money. Hell yeah, he earned a, probably getting traded out of there at some point. The um, the thought on the two man, you know, whenever you yep. talked about the two man, this starting out as the man here. Um, normally, guys don't like to get beat. You're saying the only thing that you're covering is the breaking routes anyway. So you want to be beat at oh, that yeah. point. Let the fucking safety. Let this dude worry about if he gets past you. You see, so it's the perfect. You're supposed to be behind. You're this. supposed to be behind. You're supposed so that's why all those picks happen. That's yeah. why all the undercuts happen because the over in the route for him. Yeah, yeah. If you got those safety routes, and, he, and Slay knows. All right, I got Gallup back here with this split. What was it like a plus two split? Uh, he know okay. I'm I'm pro- I'm getting. It's only he knows the menu of routes he's getting. Like he's a full yard inside, which you should be. So he know he's in, it's thirty nine. He knows the gamut of routes that he's going to be getting. This is patient. He's obviously played a lot of football. <laughs> Cooper Cooper Cush probably felt a little pressure, and you're doubling their top two targets. You make somebody else beat you. So this is great execution once again uh, from the defense. Do you think they have a defense that can like hang with the Chiefs and Bills and can win the Super Bowl? The Eagles? Yeah. Damn right. Yeah, because they got guys up front who, who can win and pass rushers. Uh, Brandon Graham, for instance. So even when they do get beat, which at some point you are going to get beat. I think Bradbury was beat on that play after pitching damn near shutout. But Brandon Graham got home, won, hit him, so it's in the air. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson makes a diving interception. Like, those are the type – Hassan Reddick, like, uh, obviously Fletcher Cox. Um, the, like, these guys are dogs up front. And then on the back end, Bradbury, that looks like probably the best free agent signing or trade, whatever they did with him, paying him one year, $10 million. You traded for uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who's making a great transition to the safety position, but also he can cover anybody. He's been playing slot corner in this league for five, six years, so he can cover anybody. He got Slay out there. So they got Webb Epps, who got hurt. Uh, but he he's been he's they been got a Super Bowl quality Maddox team. the slot defender he so they got you got depth in okay. the offense okay you know, here you we can go run the ball you can throw the ball so there's no reason why the Eagles can't uh, obviously they're six and zero right now for a reason hey look at those Johns are yeah uh-huh. loving it sir here uh, we go did, did you hear Tariko mention uh, Geno's and Pats on Sunday night yeah he didn't mention Dallas Andros what's that all about why didn't he mention all the Johns are a good question I'm not happy with him the Johns yeah Al Michaels would have. What's your deal? What are you doing? I'm just what, saying. What, what's problem. your deal? I'm just saying he would have. All right, let's dive into some more defensive back talk. We know, Al yeah, we're speaking of back talking to Rico. That, that Dan Snyder, he's, he's Al Michaels on Thursday night. Hey, a lot of they want this guy to sell the fucking yep. team. Yeah, Al Michaels said. Yeah. Uh, from the people I talked to, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't mind him. Yeah. It's like, who's Al Michaels talked to? Oh, everybody. Yeah. everybody. Right. Al Michaels talks to anybody in any sport, at any level, whenever the fuck he wants, while he's eating no vegetables and steak mm-hmm. every single mm-hmm. night at the mm-hmm. one place he eats at. Oh, what if they get him out of there? What if that happens? When March, I guess, is the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Plenty yeah. of people who want to own a team. That'll be. Mr. Ursay has replied to this. Whole, I'm happy it came up. Zito just told me that. What, he tweeted? Oh, shit. All right, let me let me let me dive into this. Hold on, hold on Real one second. Quick. Oh shit, Ursay. Ursay says you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. <laughs> <laughs> that was wow. real. That respect, was real. respect, yeah. respect. JM. All right. JM. Yeah. What's JM? Is it the Jim. 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 Jim Morris. Really? Jim Morris. Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. Oh, was that a Jim Morrison? Brown eyed girl. Jim Morrison. Is it Jim Morrison? Morrison? 
No, it's probably Jim, Jim Morrison, Morrison. Fucking lead singer of the Doors, dude. Yeah. Oh. oh, is that, his, that, is that a quote of his? Yeah, I okay. assume like, he was friends with probably Jim Morrison. Probably. Yeah. And probably, you know, Jim told me one time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. And Jim. Anyways, uh, so maybe. Let's go. Back, we're in Jim's no, house. Sorry about it. Let's get back Big in. win. Big win. Obviously, back-to-back wins for uh, Matt Ryan in the Colts. Receivers in the tight ends, but receivers stepped up big time. But this is more about the defense here. So we got a bunch route here. This is a uh, third and seven, big third and seven right here. We got a bunch route. And we got locked, so we're going to lock the point, right? So this point guy, this guy that's on the line of scrimmage, he's locked. And now these two guys are being comboed. Now, the toughest thing with combo coverage is, combo is, hey, you got the first inside route. I, I got the first outside route. AJ, you <laughs> son of a bitch. It sounded like Dahmer. Yeah. yeah. It sounded what like happened? Dahmer's apartment. Yeah. Firing up that what drill, happened? you piece of shit. Drilling someone's some head. <laughs> Oh, I was, trying, I was vacuuming some stuff up. Sorry. I thought was <laughs> oh, yeah. During the meeting? Hey, I'm paying attention. Hey, you're in the middle of the meeting. You, you got a Dahmer drill going off. I used the vacuum 30 times. This, play real quick. Uh, this dude is disgusting. <laughs> I'm so okay, sorry. Sorry, D, but no, we good. I'm actually clean. So we got double uh, double ends right here. So this is going to be tough on this coverage because running back, once you have that combo coverage, double ends or double outs is going to give someone bad leverage. Right now, he's going to have the bad leverage. Okay, so he's going to be running away. He's going to get the body pick. Big third seven. Michael Pittman had a huge game. A lot of his yardage came in that middle of the field. So this is good game planning uh, by the Colts. Good play calling from Frank Wright and obviously good execution. And a big play and a big moment for Michael Pittman in the uh, that, that whole receiver room balled out this year. But defense, if you go back to the top once again, in this bunch, when you have double ins or double outs, so against a combo coverage, this is what beats combo coverages, right? Because if, if he goes in and the other guy comes out, both defenders have great leverage. But once both of these guys go inside, once those two guys go inside, he's eliminated since he's locked. Now this guy's going to have a bat down. He runs this route. Uh, good job running this route, getting open, putting the ball on him. Great There's, job. O-line kept uh, Matt Ryan clean this yeah, week, too. Yeah. So shout out. They, we were taking a lot of shit from everybody, from us, from me, I know. So uh, great way to respond at home. Is there a way when that happens, when they both go inside for the inside guy to pass off? Uh, no, nah, because if he does that, you say this guy? Yeah, yeah so, so he, he takes Pittman. If he takes Pittman, he's – now this is a tight end here, but – That's why. He's still, he's still out, out leverage. Like, so yeah, sure. he's still going to be in the bad – you know, he can go straight up. So now that will yeah, probably yeah. be who Matt would throw it to. But um, they obviously had a beat on how they would play these bunch routes. Uh, and it's, it, it's tough. When you get bunched, that's why they do it. In-man coverage, it's, 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 it's always causes some type of issues. And Paris Campbell wide open, too. Yeah. Some man beaters. Yep. Bing, bing. Bang. And then the last play, the game winner, Alec Pierce down Ooh. here one-on-one. This is what we brought him in for. Mm. This is what we drafted him for. This was the third and 13, I believe. Yeah, interesting call. Um, you know, in, in, in field goal range, and a lot of people will say, hey, why would you send pressure on third and 13 and leave your corners out here one-on-one? The reason why you send pressure here is this was a one-point game, I believe? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Right, okay, so, yeah, a field goal wins this game for the Colts, right? Yep. So, right now, run it back, they are on the – What's that, 32-yard 32. Yard line? You're on a 50-yarder. 50-yarder, right? So you want to send pressure here, and if you get a sack for five, six yards, obviously this, this O-line, this offense has given up sacks. So you send a little pressure here, and you get him on the ground, hopefully, and make it a 55-yarder, 54-yarder. That changes dramatically uh, the, the, the success rate of that field goal. So that's why you send pressure here, and then you expect your guys, they just got to make a play here. But Matt Ryan at the snap, um, he, he's going to look left and look this post safety off. 
and usually it's X. You know, receivers move around a bunch now, but typically over, over the course of the NFL history, this X is usually the baddest dude on the field, and that's why you want to isolate him on his backside. He's been around a ton. He knows he's going to control that middle field safety, leave a one-on-one. Oh, Alec Pierce catch. goes up yeah. and does what he did in Cincinnati for all those years, and now he came here. This is a big catch. This can kind of change, you know, he's always playing well, but this can kind of give you that real boost of confidence at home, big game, game winner. Now you have all the confidence in the world. Your team has all the confidence, and your quarterback, they know they can go to you when it's really nut-cutting time. But if you run it back from the beginning. Speaking of nut-cutting, I, I think <laughs> Matt Ryan gets – yeah, he took damn, a low hit. Damn, yeah, he gets a helmet the right to the yeah. nut. Yeah. Took a low hit, but watch his eyes. I wish we could have got a tight copy in that. Should have seen yeah, we it. might but, have at um, the end. Yeah, boom. It's on the back side. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so we'll see that oh, in the end. So that's a one on one catch. Because if he goes eyes to Pierce in the beginning, do we have a tight copy, Fox? Yeah, I think it's coming in a okay, second. Perfect. Hold on, though, just real quick. Uh, we had a great view of this. Hell yeah. yeah. Fox hell yeah. yeah, I saw this on Twitter. Yeah, there is uh, there's the suite. Everybody's inside because it's third and 13. Yep. In the fourth quarter, in field goal range, need a field goal. Other games are wrapping up at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're going to run this and then kick a field goal, aren't they? They had yeah. ran the ball the two plays previous. So I didn't have the camera ready. Normally, I always had the camera ready. Got the back end of this touchdown. Timeout on yeah. both those runs, too. So yeah. Reportedly, they were talking about, hey, if we do this, what happens if we do that? And Matt Ryan in the huddle said, just say, go fucking score. So that's is that what he said? Yeah. So that was the that conversation. Had, that happened? happened? There was a conversation really? about what they would do. I forgot. The he exact, said that to Frank Reich? And he just said, go fucking score. No, I think oh, to the guys. Wow. Hey, the go home. flip. Oh, because yeah. they yeah. were asking. Yeah. Frank said to Matt, hey, should go we go down? Score. Should we go down if we're close to a so, two-yard yeah, line? Should yeah, we go yeah. down? Because then we can kick a field goal, run this thing out. We can kick a field goal and end it. Precisely. And Matt Ryan, the Navy SEAL, well, said, I'm just saying. Something that Peyton would probably say in the huddle. Go fucking score. Go fucking score. But uh, watch his eyes. You see his eyes right now. As soon as the ball is in his hands, his eyes go, that safety's gone. Mm. So now he he lined up here on his hash because you don't want to leave your backside X, what we'll call the safety. We won't leave him butt naked on the snap. But right as soon as those eyes go, he's gone. And then he comes back. He knows exactly where he was going the whole time. He comes back. I'm going to my rookie. Bomb. D-butt, that, D- that quarterback just needs that safety to open his hips up the that's opposite it. way, right? Yep. And he knows he has them. That's it. That's the only thing. Cause he knows he's going to go, too. He knows he's watched two on film all week. And two has been making plays all year. And he, he gets there by Reno's indicators, going to the ball, catching tip balls, catching overthrows. So as soon as he sees those eyes go that way, he knows that, okay, I for sure got my one-on-one. Let me throw him a ball up here that Pearson go get. Dark. Good play. A good throw. Great nice. throw. Under pressure. Game winner. Love it, man. Love Hell it, yeah. too. Wow. Great win. Walk off. Hell yeah. We go, coach. Some on, things coach. you just can't, you can't account for. I think that's what we're learning for in everything yeah. DB and also in the trenches and team meeting. There's sometimes guys are just going to make plays. They're going to make the right read. They're going to have the coverage beater. Yeah. But a lot, I think what we're learning from this, these corners and Safeties are fucking freak show athletes. Very good. That are unbelievably prepared, cerebral, and incredible what they do, just like you are, ladies and gentlemen, Darius. Uh, AJ, I think that's it for the show. You know, and since Darius won three out of five, his last three putts falling in, we already did a giveaway, which we can't thank everybody enough for entering. Uh, We got a chance to chat with Ninja, Ian Rappaport, Adam Thielen, had everything DB. We got Hammer down in like 15 minutes. Anything to add, AJ? I think we had a pretty fucking good day. Yeah, good day. I I appreciate D Butt putting those together. I love seeing D Butt, Coach, AQ, all those stuff. Yeah, it, it triggers things in my brain that I 
haven't thought of in years, I think. Yeah, I've but been like in the meeting rooms. You were drilling in somebody's yeah, yeah not in <laughs> somebody's <laughs> head. No, I'm not into that. I don't I don't believe in zombies. I'm not trying to create them. Oh, so you're just mangling. That's them. what Jeff was doing. Well, dumber. Yeah. What, if, what if you're just a terrible guy? Did you learn that in this dorm room? You went to his apartment. What happened? When did he, what year did, was he put in jail? 1991. See, Amazon just had to pull his. Uh, they oh. were like selling out of his costumes for Halloween. Mm -hmm. They had to take it oh, off the geez. site. That oh, man, that man, eBay too. Huh? eBay too. Yeah, they really? took it down. Like I think he's what Trudeau was gonna wear. Like the. <laughs> <laughs> what is your deal? <laughs> she crazy. What? Seems like it'd be in his wheelhouse. I hope you're happy. Yeah. yeah you got your true daughter. I am. I am happy. What do you mean? You're not happy? Uh, we're having a great time. We're living a good life. Yeah. Getting to talk about the sports. Oh, right? yeah. Should be a great yeah. weekend in Oregon. Four and a half hour flight home, yes. I guess. Oh, that's not bad. No. Thought it was six. I was very dramatic. Six. Is it six there? Four and a half home, you think? No, I think it will be a little bit longer over, but coming back, we're, we should be able to be back by the Saturday night mega cast on Hell ESPN, yeah. too. Wait, but you're going 3 a.m. their time, right? Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Hopping on bird. So you get out of there early. Bird, oh, That's going to be a hell of a second. Still the same time on the East Coast. Oh, those third and fourth quarters. That's going to be a hell of a Yeah. It's going to be a game. It's going to be a good game. Is it? It's going to be a good game. Which right. one? Tell Ninja to send you some of his shit. G yeah. Fuel or whatever he Whatever the fuck he's on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, whoa, whoa, hey, ho. Professionally, of course. He's a professional. Does G Fuel have like gum or something? That's what he's talking about. He's yeah, talking probably. about the energy gum. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's Nonetheless, not. Mississippi State Alabama playing football against each other. We'll be watching along live on ESPN2 this Saturday night. How's that going to go? Probably really good. <laughs> Right, AJ? Everybody's going to love it. All these college football fans are going to fucking love it. Oh, yeah. I've talked to people that watch. I'd, you, I'd run into people that watch. You told me that. Yeah, I still don't, I don't, I don't necessarily understand. I think they were just trolling us. I mm -hmm. think they were trolling us. I don't know anybody that watches that thing. And if you do, I appreciate you. This Saturday's going to be tough. No, AJ. No, D-Butt. Nope. Oh, man. We're making calls, though. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. It's the last one. Let's bring Charlie Alabama. Back. Well, Nick Saban. Then we're doing the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It'll be, we're lucky to do it. We're thankful to do it. Very thankful. We're excited to do it. Yeah. We get to do it. What's that, AJ? Just you. Listen to you. Go through it in your head and speak. Just, you know, let it all out. Well, it's real. Though. We, this is something we are very lucky to do. It is very fun, though. It is fun to be there and do it. I Definitely. enjoy the hell out of it. I enjoy watching the game a lot. Yeah. As a show, I don't know. I don't know how you yeah. make it. I yeah. don't know how. But... I'm thankful for the opportunity to do it, mm -hmm. and we're excited for it. And we will try to make it as good as we possibly can. Yeah. Probably do some more charity stuff. Yep. Going to have to because this is going to test our medal. There's a chance oh, that yeah. Alabama's up 52 nothing in the third quarter. Oh, Coming Lord. off that loss against Tennessee, and they still can oh. go. Still can make the playoffs. Exactly. This is exactly what Nick Saban almost needed. Yep. We should, we you know, this donate. gives them a full. Let's donate to SMU Volleyball. Why would we do that? They, they already got enough. They did. <laughs> Didn't they already get enough? Mm -hmm. You talking well, about Southern Miss or are you talking about Southern Methodist? Southern Miss. Southern on. Miss is who he's talking that's about. That's not SMU. That's Southern Methodist. Yeah, yeah it's USM. Oh, come on. <laughs> I thought. I didn't think you were talking SMU about SMU could use some facilities too, probably. They probably no, could. The no, Mustang's got fine. good facilities down there in Dallas. Rhett Lashley's fucking got that voice humming. 
he runs a lot of offensive plays. They have a beautiful facility. That's Northern Dallas. That's all anybody ever says. Northern Dallas, Northern Dallas. Ooh, I, I said, what does nice that mean? Area. They're, yeah, they're like, this is where. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is where all money High school. High schools. Like, is that, where, is that Highland Park? Facilities. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they got yeah, a lot of Park money. with their indoor. We, we practiced at Highland Park's indoor facility, and we were there for the Super Bowl. So, yeah, in a high school. It was awesome. <laughs> did Jim Mercer play football at SMU? Yes, he did. He was a Mustang. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Hell, yeah. Fucking Jim Morrison. Yep. All Roll Stangs. Roll Mustangs. Roll Stangs. All right, we're back tomorrow. <laughs> Jamar Chase on tomorrow. Hell, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. sweet. I just watched a mic'd up of him on the Bengals social media before yeah. that last touchdown mm-hmm. yeah, that he scored that, that he needed. Sweet. He literally looks at Joe Burrow and goes, let's go do our thing, baby, and then goes out there, scores a touchdown. How you doing? Keep it moving. First See, play. Seems to be the most comfortable, relaxed, confident wide receiver in the NFL since day one. He took a year off of college. Just took a year off. Nah. Yep. Sir, wow. if you, would you like to sit out a year? Yes. Yeah, yeah I would. I think it's drafted to the Bengals over an offensive lineman, Penne, I believe. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, Cincinnati needs an offensive line. Still having that conversation this year. But at the time, they're like, need an offensive lineman. Oh, they're taking Joey Burrow's friend from college who hasn't played football in a year over an offensive lineman. Then during training camp, for some reason, he wasn't catching every single ball. And then the regular season started. <laughs> it was like, Breaking oh, this record. guy's the fucking best wide receiver yeah. of all time Filthy. in the NFL. Him and Joey Burrow had the records. Yeah, right before this, he's mic'd up the Cincinnati Bengals release. And it was like, all right, I guess we got to go score a touchdown. <laughs> Let's go do it. He's awesome. I like his white laces, too. The white laces look good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Throwback Reggie Bush. What yeah. happened there, Darius? Bad leverage? Yeah. Big tackle. Yeah, that, go back. If you run it back again, like that's one of the hardest tackles to make when that when that receiver catches that ball because they can give you that stick and go back inside or they can turn it aside. That's a tough tackle to make. And he's a, he's a strong – he's built like a fucking running back. So um, he's back home too in New Orleans. Well, that was a big moment for him. He's a dog. Oh, yeah. Dog. We'll talk to him tomorrow. Can't wait for that. First time chatting with him, AJ. It should be a blast. I mean, his dude is unbelievable. They're going to have to pay him $500 million here in another year or two. <laughs> well, that's right? why they're selling the stadium and uh, the indoor right. facility because right. they got Joey Burrow and Chase that they're going to have to figure yeah, out. Yeah. It's going to be great whenever Chase is an Indianapolis Colt, and that thing starts tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You think Jim Irsay is going to let him get out of the Midwest whenever since he right. can't afford him in a couple of years? Not a good point. Jim Irsay is bringing him right over here to Indianapolis. Who's going to be his quarterback? Lamar Jackson. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be Lamar, Jamar, White, White, doing Super Bowls. Or we continue to watch Joey Burrow and Chase become like the dynamic duo that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams became, and they're already well on their way. The whole world would have seen a touchdown to win the Super Bowl if Joey Burrow has another half a second to chase down the sideline, uh, which would have been quite a moment. Can't wait to chat with him. Can't wait to maybe take some calls tomorrow. Okay. Ooh, here we go. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Didn't go great without him. We were told we would have callers. Tone was excited about that, as was the rest of the boys. You know, they were super excited for the callers to get on the air. Yeah, absolutely. We love our callers. Yes, we do. Sure. Right, Darius? Damn right. Can't wait. Even our eight-year-old callers. Yes. Love that one. It's probably one of my favorites. It's the older marks I have a problem with. So we were doing a bit there that, <laughs> we, that you guys liked them. I, well, I, Everybody in the fucking office hated the callers. <laughs> I, big fan of callers. Yeah. Okay? Me too. I enjoy it. I have no idea what's going to come from the phones. We got, th- we got that thing sponsored because of how much I enjoyed the phones. Mm-hmm. That's right. Five energy phone line. Here we go. Let's mm-hmm. go to it. Haven't been able to do that for the first seven weeks of the season. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thought we were going to be able to do it the entire time. 
Obviously, this is a whole other tech issue that we're about to dive into that will hopefully get figured out at some point. But after what we've experienced and what we know now, probably won't be for a little bit. That's right. Phone soon, though. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Stay patient. What you guys are saying, who cares? I saw you guys fucking kicking the, the phone person out of the building the other day yep. because you didn't want to get in here and accomplish any work and get our five energy phone lines back. I seen you doing all. Sorry about good riddance, I think, is your exact words to the guy. Who, Big Vig? No, no, it was the phone person. I thought Big Vig was the phone guy. I was saying, hey, come on in. Let's get this no, figured no, out. No, no, you said good riddance to old buddy. That was, I mean, it is, it's a whole thing, AJ. We'll get it figured out. Is that who that was? We'll get it figured out. I thought it was a vagrant. Okay. That's the problem with this program. Well, Nobody cares about anything. Except for football. Hell yeah. And tomorrow we got it. Boom. Tomorrow we got Saints and Cardinals. Tomorrow we got Hopkins back. We got Robbie Anderson with an Arizona Cardinals. We got Kyler Murray before experience the modern warfare beta release thing. Two and a half point dogs. New Orleans is on the road to Arizona. Al Michaels will be back. Herb Street will be back. The entire gang on Prime will be back. Yeah. That's tomorrow, AJ. Let's have one. Hell yeah. Coach Chuck Pagano will be here with Coach P's Keys. Life is good. We hope the same for you. Be nice to somebody. Say something nice to them. Goodbye.